Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Is it really? Is it? Oh, I genuinely thought you were just having a glass of milk, which is a bit gross. Is it? I find it a bit gross. We have a friend who has like milk with dinner. Who is why that? Is it, why is it gross to just to just drink a glass of milk? I don't I mean know. I'm not uh, drinking a glass of milk, but why is that strange? Because it's come out of a living being, and it's not made so for human. It's not designed for humans to drink. You're really. not. So actually, you're not vegetarian or vegan, so uh, doesn't matter. Give a fuck. <laughs> I don't. Who well. who drinks milk with it? All right, don't just say their initials. Who drinks milk with their dinner? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Do you want me to try and keep it anonymous? Gone. Alex Ollis. <laughs> <laughs> Give his mobile on the postcode. I don't. I don't remotely see a problem with that. What's wrong with drinking some milk? Oh, imagine it's, having. I, a... it's, it's really fucking weird. Like, imagine going to your mate's house and them <laughs> saying, "Like, uh, do you want a drink or anything?" He's like, "Yeah, what have you got?" And I say, "Like, well, we've got squash, we've got like lemonade, we've got coke, or I can do some water. We've got coffee, we've got tea." And he goes, "Can I have a glass of milk?" I I give them the glass of milk. I don't. It's not weird. That's bizarre to go around someone's house and ask for just. I mean, a but, but you, you've just milk. invented the sit. You've just invented the situation where you're going around the person's house. Can I have no, three this happened. Can I have three a minute ago, we were just talking about me if I was drinking milk here and now, which is a totally different situation than going around someone's house and saying, "Can I have a glass of milk?" But that's not, which is fine. That's not a situation I've invented. That's that's happened to me. Someone has asked well, me for a glass of milk. Yeah, Luke Alex Ollis. I support. I support his. <laughs> right to ask you for a glass of milk i disagree 
also it's, but fine but weird, having it on its own fine I, I i find that weird but having it with dinner that's adding oh. yeah having a nice roast dinner oh. and a glass of milk imagine having a cup of tea with a roast dinner now that sounds all right no a hot drink with a hot meal you're mad why would why can't you have a hot drink with a hot meal it, that just feels very wrong why everything's hot? It's, it's, I know what Steve's thinking. It doesn't look as good in a photo to put on Instagram. Ah, uh, yes, uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. an interesting color. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. in a mug, so you can't like have an yeah. arty like glass in yeah. the. I am the one. Photo. I am a mug. It all kind you of. You are a mug. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every photo of you has got a mug in it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hello and welcome to uh, Do You Love Us, a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Manic Street Preachers. We're asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Uh, Does knowing the history of a band maybe make you appreciate more where they're coming from in terms of their musical output? And we're asking the question... Do you love us? Us being the band manager preachers and not the host of the podcast Do You Love Us to which you are now listening. Uh, I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm a big fan of the Manics and I'm very analytical about music and I'm joined by Steve Murphy. Hey. Oh, you're introducing Who oh. began this podcast as a medium. <laughs> yeah, I could read minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sense ghosts. And someone who vaguely uh, analyses music and, you know, big big music fan. And I'm also joined by Lucas Way. Right. Jesus Christ. So quiet. Someone who knew basically nothing about the Mount Street Preachers outside of a design for life and if you tolerate this. And Lucas, fair to say you're not that analytical about music. Who's listening for the first time? You never know. Resistance is futile episode. You never know. Like any episode could be someone's first episode. And also last week we talked to Dave Eringer. Sorry, Dave Eringer and uh, the Anchoress. So I imagine some people might be listening to an album for uh, episode for the first time. And if you are, fuck off and listen to the other ones first, <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, we'll, we'll also be. Well, we, well, we have released the Anchoress episode by the time this episode releases. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In one week time. Yeah, yeah. We haven't spoken to her yet. I know it's mad, isn't it? That's what have I'm saying. Have you got to do some really rapid editing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, zo- the Zoom you. has allowed us to be really like responsive it's and gonna just get, get episodes out. It's going to get worse than that. We're going to record soon an episode, and then you've got to edit it that night for it to go out at midnight. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's true. Fine. We've really, we've really squeezed it all in at the end here. Um, we'll also uh, be joined by uh, Sean Moore later on in the episode. He's going to zoom in. Yes, good. Uh, yeah, that's yes. why they called it that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bit. And also bit. Yeah. But also, before we do get on to Resistance is Futile, we do have some important... We have an important update. Oh. Last week, we spoke to Dave Erringer. And we talked about that underdogs edit. Okay, I've seen some of the reaction on uh, on Twitter. Some people are taking team underdogs has a bad edit. Some people are taking team Erringer and you know saying it's not an edit. It's an odd noise. Well, here we go. I've had an email from Dave, and because <laughs> I mean. 
I hope people believe that I've actually had an email from Dave. Yeah, and it's not a um, a bit. But yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not like a short not email. We, yeah, not that we do bits on this no, no, on no. this podcast. No, no, no. But anyway, he sent me his file. What's a and- bit? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. I have no what? idea. I have no idea. And who are the Beatles? Uh, I don't know. Who's uh, on pyramid? Who's on pyramid? Who, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, they I are. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah. He has said in his email, in other news, I spoke to James about the edit on Underdogs. Now, by James, if this is your first episode, <laughs> <laughs> by James, he means James Dean Bradfield from the band Manic Street Preachers. Okay, yeah. so just to... Right, yeah. Or JDB, for sure. Oh, Chitterbell. that's good. Um, in other news, I spoke to James about... Not related edit. to Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> JDB. Same surname. J-A-D-E-Y. J-D-E-Y. Not, not <laughs> B. <laughs> sure. JDB. Dave says, I spoke to James about the edit on Underdogs, and I had completely forgot that we did indeed do an edit there, and it just slipped through the net... I think it must have been done at mastering when my concentration wasn't 100%. So you lot are all right. And it is indeed a bad edit. Bang to rights. Shit happens. Okay. <laughs> is what he said. Thought I should fess up though. Dave, thank you, uh, obviously, for your yeah, email. There it is. And, and there you go. That puts that uh, to bed. And uh, I was right. And uh, <laughs> we shan't, <laughs> we shan't gloat about that. Mm. Uh, You're going to dine out. On that for about a thousand years, Adam. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I'll have a glass of milk. Um, <laughs> Lucas, catch us up with where we left the Mannix. They were probably in like Berlin. Always probably. Like I haven't spent two hours last week telling you exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they released. They released. Resistance is futile. Nope. And then spent no. Nope, they, the they released. Today. <laughs> <laughs> they released Futurology, that's and true. they spent most of the time touring the Holy Bible, mm, mm-hmm. which is a real shame for people who wanted to go and hear good songs. Yeah, good, I, yeah. I wanted to hear Futurology. Um, you know, I instead of bad songs. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't and one, then, of, isn't and one then... of the songs from the Holy Bible in your top ten? Well, which top ten? Uh, your uh, your top ten. My first, first half, half of, of their career, career top ten. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, will it make their the global top ten? Spoilers. No. Oh. So it's in your it's in your it's in your top twenty. Yeah. Props. Yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, oh no, not necessarily actually, because just because some songs are in the top ten of the first half doesn't mean they're in the top twenty. Because there may be more than ten songs off the second half of their career that I prefer to some songs from the first half of their career. My top 20 could be entirely just songs in the second half of their career. And this is a good preview for what we'll be doing at the end of this episode, which is giving you our top 10s from the second half of their career from Lifeblood onwards. Uh, look forward to more of that. Uh, I so, found it very easy to do. Yeah, me too, actually. I found yeah. it very easy to do. Anyway, look, right, we'll, we'll get... We'll get so, yes. Off Put a timestamp, though, for the people that just want to skip to the good bit, which is that. Okay, the timestamp is... Probably about three hours from now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So off the back of the 2015 continuation of the Holy Bible 20th anniversary tour, the Mannix announce that much of 2016 will be taken up by... 
Drum roll. <gasps> Touring Everything Must Go. Brexit. The Everything Must Go 20th oh. Anniversary Tour. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. No fucking about. It starts in April in Europe and then the UK. It's a full-on arena tour because, of course, it is. No. Uh, it includes two nights at the Royal Albert Hall and a night at Swansea Liberty Stadium. So it's mm. their second ever stadium gig. Um, I didn't go because uh, meh to legacy acts, I think. But but, but you gave Everything Must Go a 10 out of 10? No, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it surprised me that you wouldn't want to go and see that live just because it's an album that you consider a 10 out of 10. Not massively interested in seeing that live. The album I consider 10 out of 10. Just not massively interested in seeing, you know, that live and then Greatest Hits set. It's also around this time that uh, James stops playing a lot of the, like, classic guitar parts. So, like, A Design for Life, for instance, doesn't play the main guitar part on that anymore. Uh, it's, it's, his, it's his mate that, uh, yeah. that does that. What, the do 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 That bit? Yeah. Oh. The, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They've got they've got, three, they've got three guitarists on stage now. So Don't know why plays a few power chords. Theme. One of them, one yeah. of which is James, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I hate yeah. That. Um, right. but on May the twentieth of that year, they release a little standalone single. Do they? They do. do now, obviously, they? uh, you know, it was commissioned for. The uh, the uh, the 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 uh, what what am I trying to say? What football tournament is it? This is going to really show how little I know about football. Yeah, was it what year twenty sixteen? Was it the Euros? So that'd be the Euros, right? Uh, so Wales sure. Wales had qualified for the for the Euros. If that's I imagine... wrong, I love how I'm, I making, love how I know that. Making... No, yeah. no, it was the Euros because because there was a World Cup in twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah, was there? Because I remember because I was in Barcelona and when it was fucking coming home. Did we did we win? We didn't. It didn't come home. Oh. Okay, cool. Right, but but, it was, but guys, it was coming home though. It was coming. <laughs> Lest we forget, it was fucking coming home. It was on its way home and yeah, got. It, was uh, it took a detour. Do any of us know anything about football? No. No. <laughs> okay. Not Steve, haven't do... we been to Steve, a? Have we yeah, been Steve, to a football you... match? Yeah. Yeah, we went to see Southampton. Come right? on, the Saints. Yes. Yeah, Steve, I, I thought you were Saints, like actively a Saints, Saints supporter. Saints, uh, I was for a good couple Saints, of seasons. Saints, Saints, <laughs> Saints. <laughs> my That's dad my actually chant. says that at, at football matches. I'll be next to him and he'll go, Saints. oh, go on, the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Close him down. He says that a lot. Close him down. Yeah. Get know. tight. It doesn't say that. Yeah, it does to me. Uh so they released <laughs> this this song is like basically the official anthem for the Wales team for the 2016 Euros. Let's hear a bit. Of Chris Coleman's men have freed Welsh football from the shackles of their history. Half a century or more of heartache, of lust. Let's not forget Gary's beast. He 
That is called Together Stronger, mm. parentheses. Come on, Wales. Come on. Not C-O-M-E space O-N, Wales. It's C apostrophe M-O-N, Wales. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on Wales. Come on. Come on, Wales. Yeah, come on. Now, hmm. thoughts. It makes me so hyped to be a Welshman. Yes, which a proud I, which Welshman not. who loves football. It makes me such a proud Welshman who loves football. <laughs> do you get, do you genuinely feel a bit hyped by it, though? It gets me hyped in the same way. I don't give a fuck about football at all. Yeah. The same way that in 2018, it's fucking coming home. It's coming, it was home, coming home. Yeah. And I was listening to Three Lions, yeah. and I'd be like driving, I'd, I'd, I'd drive through the town with the windows down with Three Lions blasting out, now, being like, Three. Oh, God. It just gets... It gets me going. The only the reason I love George's flag, yeah, on your on your aerial, yeah. <laughs> tattooed on his arm. The only reason yeah. I like three lines on a shirt is because I want it to be the nineties forever. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. You love what do you 90s. want to be forever? Uh, oh, the nineties. He wants to be nineties forever. I want to be nineties forever. So you don't like the version, the not the second version done in ninety eight, but the the follow up version done in the, the noughties, which was done and it was Robbie Williams Ugh. and and Ugh. um. And uh, what the fuck's his name? Good. Russell Brand. Oh, what? What? That was a song. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Russell, Russell Brand and Robbie Williams did a, another version of Three Lines. The third version of Three Lines. Gross. Oh. Unsurprisingly, didn't stick. Huh. Yeah, not heard Everyone that one. still listens to the original 96 mix. Now, listen. I like, 90 mix. I like how the band wanted, we were very excited because we wanted, like Dave said in our chat with him, how they wanted to tick off doing things that rock bands yeah, do yeah, yeah. do a football song and do a Christmas song right? and it is a proper football song I know, I'm, well. sh- I'm, all for I'm sure people who love Wales and people who love football and people who love Mannix would have liked this I'm sure the band liked this I fucking yeah. hate this <laughs> does it not make you excited not even else? a bit like, like I, I good. come on Wales come on <laughs> you're such a shit Welshman I, I am yeah <laughs> Um, sorry. Um, it is right. It is a bit naff because because uh, the Manics aren't often that sort of. Uh, they're always earnest, but they're not this earnest. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just the lyrics, man. When Gareth Bale plays, we can and beat, beat any side. side. <laughs> <laughs> Then he's like, remember I'm that fully... player? 
I'm fully in support of any band doing this sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. And I but mean, that's because I love bands not taking themselves seriously. Yeah, 100%. And and don't forget, there's also a bit later in the song where there's just hand claps and them uh, list, da, da, listing the da, side. Da, da, da. Yeah, and, and, also, and also, it's just can't take my eyes off you. Well, and then yeah, it does really remind me of that, actually. Yeah. No, because it's because it's because it is. There is something. Oh, is very it? F- there is something like yeah. very uh, similar about those two songs. Really yeah. similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's actually a lyric in there that's very close yeah. to one of the lyrics. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Cover from <laughs> song, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. We're back to bleeping that. By the way. Originally did that. Song. Uh, so with the extra well, syllable when Gareth Bale yes. plays, we plug in baby. That bit. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. No, that's not the line, Steve. That's stupid. Oh, Steve, that was stupid. And yeah. I'm between two of you here because I just want to keep going back and forth. Uh, obviously, this was originally supposed to be just a cover of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You with the lyrics changed to these lyrics. Is that uh, like often used as like a Welsh football chant, that song? Yes, exactly. It is. because And, and we've seen in like, um, for instance, like the Millennium show that we watched, you know, James did an acoustic cover of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You because it's like a big Welsh anthem. Um I like how specific these lyrics are. Like, it could not be used for... Like, the thing about three lines on a shirt, right, is you can use it any time England play football, right? You could not use this for any other team than the Welsh team that specifically went to Euro 2016. <laughs> uh, well, no, but then the three lines references song, references particular players as well. Yeah, that from the past. Relevant anymore. Does it? I, I'm not yeah. that familiar with three. You are very familiar with three lions. Yeah, that, has, <laughs> that references players in the song. So your whole point is fucking wrong. No, it, oh, okay. No, it mentions well, players from the sixties, isn't it? About how we how we won. Right. Right, in 1960. Yes, it does. Yeah, which is fine because then you can use it. In yeah, but then there's the whole intro. Do you know what I might be thinking of? You know, I might be thinking of in the '98 mix. There's like a there's they've added commentary onto it, similar to what this song which does. Which song does John? And Barnes... there's references and there's references to. Particular player. There's a whole bit about Gareth Bale. No, that's this one. Gareth this Southgate. One. The yeah. whole of England is with you, and then the, it's saved because wow. it right. saved. Which one does John Barnes when he's, rap a, in? when he's doing a peno? That is the New Order one. Okay, that is called um, something like Around the World or something. They reference Bobby Moore, Gary Lineker, Bobby Charlton, and Nobby Styles. So yeah, all older players. You would be well apart from Gary Lineker. Who yeah, but was even in then, the side Gary Lineker. They, they're, they're talking about when Lineker scored, they're talking about his equalising goal against West West Germany wow. uh, in the 1990 World Cup semi-final. Famous crisp wow. botherer, Gary Lineker. Yeah. Famous crisp Famously thief. shat his pants on pitch. Yeah, it's in the 98 version. It's in the, it's in the 98 version where they reference Paul Ince, Paul Gascoigne, Alan Shearer and Stuart Pearce. We've never had a better side. God, those never are Never had a better side. Those are some And names. then, but guys, three lines 2020, sorry, 2010 by the squad <laughs> i'm being and sick the squad the squad is the squad is skinner but dylan skinner sure and broody whoever that is no uh joined by robbie williams and comedian slash actor russell brand mm. under the name the squad oh. uh, <laughs> <sighs> all right anyway please the I... song can be found on england the album 2010 as its lead single <laughs> England the album 2010 <laughs> what else Lads, was okay we are the champions good Ugh. three lions the original vindaloo is on there 
I smell a bonus episode. There's some more. There's there's some more. It's got tub thumping by Chumbawamba. Oh God. It's got woohoo. Oh no, sorry, no, that's song two. It's got woohoo, woo-hoo by the five, six, seven, eights. Sure. Two different songs. This is the soundtrack. It's got a little less to conversation an... by Elvis versus JX. I'm not done. Uh, I'm <sighs> skipping some, by the way. It's got "We're on the Ball" by Anton Deck. Do you remember that? Yeah. We're on the ball. This is yeah. the soundtrack to a National Front rally. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got it's got another Fat Les song. I thought he only did Vindaloo. He apparently did another one called Jerusalem. So you've never heard the complete works of Fat Les. I smell I smell a season two. Right. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what the final track track twenty five is? What twenty five? <laughs> it's a triple album. Yeah, go Track on. Track 25 of England, the album, yeah. is always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> okay. Good. Great. Well, uh, why oh, guys, you... guys. No, we're never moving on to this I album. Just, I just read. <laughs> Sorry, that was the wrong track listing. I did the 2006 version, <laughs> not the 2010 version. Oh, I might have to, do, I have to, do I have to read out the 2010 version? Do you want me to start again? Yeah, you better. You better. There's a lot of differences. Oh, there's also a 98. There's also a 98 version. Oh, don't worry, guys. The track list is basically the same, except they replace the three lines with the relevant three lines from that year. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's it. Apart from the fact that one of them has an Oasis song. It's got a cover of Come On, Fill the Noise. Oh, the Slade song. Is it Slade? So, uh, yeah. Well, no, it's ACDC, but that's fine. It's neither. It's Kiss. It's ACDC. No, it's, it's not, not ACDC at no. all. Come I know what you're thinking of, Steve. You're thinking, of, you're thinking of the Quiet Riot cover that's in GTA Vice C. Come on. Feel the noise. It's much more metally and like... Oh, it's yeah, Slade. It's, it, that, that's a cover. That's yeah, not no, Adam's fucking right. And Adam's was, right. Yeah. The original. <laughs> yeah. The original. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. But Quiet Christ. Riot did a cover of it. Well, I'm really glad that we're covering all this. And if this is your the Manic first Street episode, <laughs> <laughs> what I dislike about like uh, sports songs is when they're vague. And I'm going to use an example that I'm sure you're going to disagree with, Lucas. And I'm really sorry. It's just the first one that sprung. That is like springing. Is it survival head. by? Yes, which which was the official song of the 2012 Olympics. But the but l- unclear if it was written for the. I Olympics, know, right? Or yeah. if they just went. We've got a song that's vaguely inspirational. Exactly. And that's what I hate about it is that it's so vaguely inspirational. And the lyrics are like, I've got to win. I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm a winner. I am the best. And it's not even like, if he'd said like, I'm the best at hockey or something, or like, I'm going to win at the canoeing event. So instead of it, <laughs> that when, when it goes, good. there's a bit in that song where it goes race. It's a race. They should go race. It's a 100 meters dash race. <laughs> yeah. Like more yeah. specific. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think Fully that, that you know, fucking great solo though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, th- this song nails that kind of aspect for me that it's like so specific. And obviously they had a lot of fun doing it. The music video, which we'll cover next week or the week after, I can't remember, is a lot of fun as well. It's them jumping around with the squad. Uh, not not Wait, the, the squad. Wait, the band, the squad. No, yeah. <laughs> not Russell Brand. <laughs> and Robbie Williams. Uh, so they released that, which, you know, I is I think it's fine. Steve, you dislike it. Lucas, yeah, you're hyped to be a proud Welshman who's very into football. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Presumably it got to number one in Wales. No, I don't think so. I don't think it even tried. Anyway. Uh, what about 20- Belgium? 
Maybe. 2017 is sort of quiet with like a handful of festival dates spread throughout the year. Although in March, James Dean Bradfield creates his first ever soundtrack uh, to a film which is a thriller set in a submarine called The Chamber. Do you want to do you want to hear a, a bit of it actually? Okay. Let me uh... Okay. Just whilst we're waiting for Adam to play that just uh let's talk amongst ourselves. It's a Here silent, we go. It's here's, a silent here's, movie. Oh. Here's a bit. Right. If it was a silent movie it would still have music. music yeah. Sounds like a soundtrack. Yeah. Sounds like he's found a keyboard and pressed a button. Well, that's clearly a guitar. There you go, it's like a tense bit. Where's it set? In a submarine? Yeah. This sounds like it's in a submarine. Nice. It does, film? isn't it? Yeah. It's What's called it The called? Chamber of Secrets. James Dean Bradfield did the soundtrack to The Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, you know the, the, that band in uh, in uh, Harry Potter is like... Jarvis Cocker. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and Johnny Greenwood some... and Phil Selway <laughs> from Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also give them the credit where credit's due they've got a name it's called the weird sisters thank you i was looking for i know that their song is called do the hippogriff mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> well, are, they su- are they suggesting bestiality uh, maybe which is legal in a wizarding world it's fine is, well, it? is it no is that one of jk rowling's amendments that she's <laughs> yeah, made on yeah, twitter sure. yeah <laughs> oh, God. um cutting biting satire <laughs> all throughout this they are also working on resistance is futile now the sessions are sort of somewhat disjointed for a number of reasons one is that they felt they had just sort of used up a lot of their creativity with rewind the film and futurology another is that their studio called faster in cardiff is sold and shut down by the landlord in october 2016 i thought they Um, owned it they they had a free hold on it so they owned the studio but not the building uh in their leasehold whatever so that prompts the Mannings <laughs> <laughs> to build a new studio and move. At the age of 50, they get a mortgage together and uh, they open a studio in Newport called Door to the River Studios. Nice uh, name. And Good. that is where the album is mostly worked on and finished. It comes together in sort of like the final few months. Um, and, and they talk about how they wanted to try and write uh, every song as though it was going to be a single because people don't listen to albums anymore you don't have that experience where people will listen to an album from start to finish and then fall in love with track seven after three months so they were definitely trying to go for every song should stand on its own there was actually a lot of questions about whether or not there was gonna be another manix album because this is the longest gap between manix albums really? 2014 to 2018 four years that's the longest gap between albums they've ever had even when they had a break between uh, Lifeblood and Send Away the Tigers. It was only three years. The album is announced on uh, November 27. Teen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. November the year 27. The year of our Lord. 27. <laughs> 27 AD. International Blue is released as the first single on December 8th, 2017. Let's try and guess the chart position. Of the album or International Blue? International Blue, the single. 92. I distinctly remember hearing this on Radio 1 a lot. Or it might have been Radio X. I remember hearing it on Radio the radio. It was on, I heard the premiere on 6 Music. I heard it a lot. I was aware of this song. I'm going to yeah. say 
top 20, like, I don't know, 15. Okay. It reached number one if you only take into account vinyl sales. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's number one on the vinyl charts. But if you take... and, and how many does it take to get to number one on not the vinyl sure, charts? Not sure. Probably you... all of them probably listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you take all sales into account, yeah. it reached 41 in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> Did not chart in the UK. Really? Well, yeah. Well. Um, Steve, just because you heard it on Six Music doesn't... like. Six Music plays some some deep cuts. I they definitely do, didn't say true. Six Music. That's fine. That was me. Yeah, I mean Radio X oh, would have played it a lot. I, Steve. I think Adam, I think you're an idiot. You know Radio X um, A list Manix basically they play it like once every show because yeah. you know they're they're such Alongside a Radio X band at this Food point. Fighters. And... What is Radio X? I do have it saved on my presets in my. It used car. to be XFM, and then Global bought it. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's the rock station. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I've got it. I've got it next to Planet Rock and in my that presets. horrible fucking rebrand where they were like, "This is radio for men." We're lads, which was fucking awful. And then they went, Fuck "Oh no, we've made a off. mistake." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they also released. This is quite a protracted release schedule. They announced it in November of 2017. It's not released until April 2018, and they released six singles from it. Um, because that's just how singles work these days, I think. You've heard like half the album by the time yeah. it comes out. Because releasing a single literally consists of putting a lyric video on YouTube. Yeah, pretty like, much. That's considered a single now, basically. Yeah, so we have some proper singles, which get proper music videos and are actually released, and then we have some like half singles. So they released Distant Colours as the second single on February the 16th, uh, 2018, and then Dylan and Caitlin and Liverpool Revisited are released before the album comes out, uh, but they are both like just little side things released as a single track on Spotify. Uh, Dylan and Caitlin doesn't even get a lyric video. The official video for Dylan and Caitlin is James Dean Bradfield doing an acoustic version on his own. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh. Wait, is in is in the video has got the S singing no. the audio, but the video is just <laughs> yeah. him? Because no, he's miming, just very <laughs> miming to the Anchoress. <laughs> it's just a live video. Yeah, weird. Um, which brings us to the album. The 13th album, the most recent album in the Manchester Preachers back catalogue, Resistance is Futile, is released on April the 13th, 2018. It's 12 tracks, 46 minutes long. It's produced by Dave Erringer, Gavin Fitzjohn, and Guy Massey does a track on it as well. The artwork is actually quite interesting. Uh, it's a photograph by Franz von Stilfried Ratanich, who's an Austrian photographer famous for photos of Japan in the 1870s. It's a photograph of a samurai warrior. It was coloured especially for the release. It's a black and white cool. photo. Wait, I, when you said it's good album art, I shook my head. That's, but it's not, it's real. It's a ridge. Yes. And it's been coloured. That is yeah, from the 1870s. Like I like it now. Did you think it was um, someone dressed up I thought it was just, it, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I just so. thought they just got a bloke to dress up, which is lame. Yeah. No, 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 that is an that's original. That's shit. There you go. That's the that's the context coming into play. Uh, Wire likens the band to samurai warriors still using the old ways he says everyone has their iphones and we've still got our guitars now that is a very lame thing to say mr wire i bet they've got, yeah. got iphones as well <laughs> do you know what james just got his first iphone really yeah well as he do switch from android did he brilliant um but I kind of get what they're saying, you know. Uh, that photo is one of the last samurai warriors who were kind of 
dying out because of the advances in technology. Maybe rock bands are also dying out because of technology. The last time you were with Tom notion. Cruise, though. There's two quotes on this. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I've not seen that film, but the last Samurai in that film isn't Tom Cruise, is it? Um, it is. Yeah. I thought it's the other guy. Spoilers. Whose name, whose name I'm not going to butcher. Yeah, but, but he dies. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. He dies, and then Tom Cruise becomes the last Samurai. Yeah, which actually would would have been a much more interesting film if Tom Cruise had died as well. Just anyway, um, two quotes. Uh. Uh, on on the sleeve of this one uh, I can only note that the past is beautiful because one never realises an emotion at the time, it expands later and thus we don't have complete emotions about the present, only about the past oh mate yeah. I like that. it's Ken Watanabe by the way it's Ken Watanabe oh Ken Watanabe from Inception and uh, yeah, something and I watched things. the other day, Godzilla let's just <laughs> yeah uh, that quote was from Virginia from Woolf, uh, the, the nice. one about emotions and past, not yeah. about Ken Watanabe being in Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Virginia Woolf, no idea that Ken Watanabe would one day be in a Godzilla film. Uh, the the uh, other, do you know? Uh, I think she. Knew. I don't know that for a fact. She was a very prescient uh, woman. Who knows? Um, the other quote is: "Life is all memory, except for the one present moment that goes by so quickly you hardly catch it going." Steve. Which is a quote from Tennessee Williams. Steve. Beautiful quotes. <laughs> yeah, Steve is crying like a baby. Um, so sort of general thoughts on the albums. Uh for me, uh an album that seems to kind of uh blend that very big Mannix sound with little hints and aspects of the more interesting sounds we heard on Futurology and Rewind the Film. You've got the big strings and the big choruses and the pop structures but also some like electronic drums and there's some interesting rhythmic things going on. But also I do think it sounds quite disjointed, a mixed bag. I think you can tell it was recorded across a couple of different studios and a lot of time was taken on it, if you know what I mean. I would say, yeah, you're right when they said something about they'd used all their creativity up and this is almost certainly that One For You album. Do you think? Yeah. What makes you, what it, makes you think that? Well, cause it's got, I guess because you mean because it's got some of the big anthems. Yeah, anthems. stringiness and uh, like you said, the sort of standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Uh, not mm. as insane. I, I think I was just very spoilt by Futurology. Yeah, it'd be difficult to be as weird as they should have. They should have doubled down, man. <laughs> should have gone weird. I don't think it would have been difficult to go weirder than <laughs> Futurology. Full... It wouldn't necessarily have been good, but you, I, I could write an album weirder than Futurology. Released a full gangster rap album. It would be good, but it would be weird. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, within the confines of what it is that the Manics do. Yeah, know? but why do they have to do that? Why can't they just release an album which is literally just like JDB going to Mike and going. <laughs> Like, because at the heart that. of it, because at the heart of it, they do deeply want to be a very popular pop rock band, don't they? You know, what's wrong with what I just did? It was it very was good. I thought it was very good, <laughs> and oh. that's why this podcast works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you know what? Uh, I had I didn't listen to this album when it came out. I think I listened to it like once or twice, and then sort of disregarded it as. Okay. As exactly rem- what Steve just said about yeah. it. I remember you talking about it because, like, I think I mentioned last week or whatever that when this album came out, this podcast was a thing, a yeah, th- a theoretical thing. This yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. existed in our minds. Yeah, 
Um, so I remember, so I remember. I was probably vaguely more aware of the existence of the Manics. Not our in mind. The, oh, they've got a new album. Yeah, but I knew that Adam wanted to do it. Oh, okay. And yeah, and we talked about that, and you know things like that. Sure. We talked. It, it had been it had been discussed, and so I think I was vaguely more aware of the fact that there'd been a new Manix album and that you didn't rate it. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's not even that I didn't rate it. It's that I. I, I dismissed it, I think, as as what Steve just said it was. I think that it is actually very slightly more interesting than that in places. But I do think it's, you know, it, it does feel like they are on autopilot a little yeah, bit. When right? I, I think I said on an earlier episode that I'm predicting the, the last, the final, the whatever. Most recent. Most recent album yeah. to be very by the numbers manic. Yeah. And when I first listened to this, I was like, well, I was right. <laughs> it yeah. is but then actually listen to a bit more it's not quite there is some some stuff going there's on some there's some stuff some, going um, on there's yeah. some but on, spice but there's on, some hot the, sauce on the, on, the, on the surface when I first listened to it I was like yep it's like as your standard sort of Mannix yeah. album that's what this is what I imagined the Mannix to be before I did any of this yeah. you know that sort of my yeah, first yeah, listen yeah. I went I'm just going to listen to Futurology again <laughs> and then listen to that another couple of times and then thought I suppose I should probably listen to this I mean yeah I really enjoyed making my top 10 of the second half of their career a lot more than listening to this yeah, yeah. because it's all yeah. the songs I like all the songs you like yeah. <laughs> yeah and like you said a Lucas Way top 10 is their best album yeah my top 20 oh, sure, when, yeah. we, when we put the two, my two top 10s together it's their greatest yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay shall we start with the actual track by track of the album Okay. I think we we all kind of agree that this is the Manics doing the Manics. But if they'd done, you know, it's all right that this is the last album for now. If this had been, if they got into this kind of autopilot three or four albums ago, like yes, the I latter agree. half of this podcast would have been fucking boring. Yeah, I completely. Instead, agree. we got Europa get Deutschmisch. Yeah, sounds great. like you're on good. reverse. Yes, good, good. <laughs> Something from Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Peaks, Twin Peaks. That won't make sense if you cut that bit out at the beginning, Adam. Shall we move on? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the opening track of uh, Resistance is Futile. This is called People Give In. Quite like that. Mm. 
as yeah, sort right. of as sort of the sweeping opener, you know, the strings, the big chorus, and the sort of broad, relatable lyrics. Very broad lyrics. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of about sort of how people get uh, sort of tired and how people can get old. Yeah, but also and people can stay strong. It's like but people also are happy people and also forgotten. they're sad. Yeah, but also, but also they people get forgotten and, and, and people get sold as well. Mm. And and sometimes people break down. People do things and stuff. Yeah. We always say the first song sums up an album quite well with the Manics. And yeah, I, I think it does for this and that's eh. Right, yeah. Yeah, I can Personally. see why. It's, um, I think it could do with being shorter, this song. How long is this song? It's like four minutes. Yeah. Uh, it could do with being like, yeah. See, could, Lucas is yawning. Being, <laughs> it could do with being like two twenty, I think, like as like a little intro sort of yeah. track almost. Like, after after two twenty, you've heard every bit of the song already, yeah. And the rest of the song is repetitions of bits we've already heard. I think it's just two repetitions of the chorus. I just couldn't for the life of me connect with it. I didn't. I didn't find the melody particularly exciting, and um, yeah, the lyrics Isn't just it? so broad and just unexpected. Like, a... People do things. I don't know. It's exactly the song I'd expect to hear from like a legacy act, just aping the past, doing a by the numbers bit of Mannix action, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I quite, you know, it is possible to go deeper than that on this song. Almost certainly. Uh, It's just about whether or not it it speaks to you enough that you're actually you can actually be bothered to yeah i'm just gonna um, ch- just gonna check one thing on my notes is it dreaming a city no there we go so okay like right so, shit <laughs> yeah. but it's a it's one of those classic manic sort of big song with resigned yeah. lyrics i actually think that it's quite like it's quite a sad lyric there isn't anything tying uh, everybody together and people break down and can't cope you know, I think that's quite a sad thing. And James has talked about it being about the malaise of the country. This is an album that is post-Brexit and post-Trump. Um, you know, that he had been elected at this point. We'd voted ourselves out of the EU. Um, and I think, you know, the Manics Well done, everyone. Of, yeah, congrats. Um, I think that the, <laughs> the Manics are sort of reacting to that. Um, so it's about the malaise of the country. And I think that the music sort of, James was saying that he wanted something fragile but tough, and I think that that is actually sort of reflected in the 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 form of the music. That that those strings are quite robust, you know, like the dudun dudun. But over the top of that mm. is that quite light xylophone sort of sound, quite a fragile sound over those tough sort of strings. There's something interesting rhythmically going on there. I just mm. can't quite work out what it is, and we'll come on to that later on in the album. There's lots of odd rhythmic things happening on this album yeah. that I can't quite work out what they are. Yeah. Um it was only the second song that they started at the new studio. So they may well have been sort of finding their way around it. Um yeah. they were worried that they couldn't get lots of different sounds out of the studio. Uh you know, it's not not my favorite track on the album. Um no. but I think it's fine. That's it. It's fine and it it's bordering on me nothing inging it. Yeah. Um, because I don't hate it. So yeah. That's, yeah. But you, but you, don't, don't, yeah. But you don't love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, a similar reaction from you? or If they, if if you say the second song they recorded in the studio and they maybe were finding their way, I mean, they don't have to keep it in. Right? I was thinking that. Just, just don't like, put it. Yeah. They could, Write another song. If they, if, they, if they then found their rhythm, they could have just tacked it off. 
There is a um, an interview that they did actually on Radio X, um, which is them going track by track on this album. And it has a very interesting energy where on some of like on one of the particular songs, not the one we're talking about at the moment, um, James says something like, oh, I think that this is the song that we put less the least thought into. And they say things like that, that implies to me that they got to the point where they had enough songs for an album and put out an album. Right. Yeah. Rather than doing one of, 16, one of the 17, things, 18 tracks and then picking yeah. the best. One of the things that I love about Futurology, uh, The Holy Bible, Journal for Plague Lovers, Lifeblood, my favourite Mannix al- albums, you know, are when they go in with a very specific idea of what the whole album is going to be about. Everything conforms to that one central idea and everything they do on the album is in service of that idea. And here, it feels like a collection of songs recorded by Manic Street Preachers. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Rather yeah. than anything being in service to this one central And in a notion. way, it is... And in a way, it is a collection of songs <laughs> by Manic Street Preachers. I know what you mean. But it also, yeah. it, it feels to me that that's all it is. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the people give in. It's fine. Uh, massive uh, spoiler alert for the next song. <gasps> because if this had been the opener, I feel like we would have started the album with a much yeah. different energy. 100%. Uh, this is uh, International Blue. That's my first two words in my notes, Adam. It's a bit of a badger, isn't it? What a fucking, like, genuinely great song. It's obviously single bait. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But there's there's so much more than that sort of going on in it. I, I see this as like a sister song to Motorcycle Emptiness. Interesting. I don't do. What? Oh, I, oh, I remember like us maybe talking about this way back when maybe that somebody yeah for sure or we or i read it oh god okay explain well you might you might well have read it because the band themselves consider this a sister song to motorcycle emptiness in what well you've well one it's in the same key two you've got that the the guitar part is very similar like the it's built around that main sort of big guitar riff and i I think think it's built around 
But it's not. That's that that's is a, a standout bit of the the eighties synth is the standout bit of that song to me. Do you do you think that that's a synth? Is it not a synth? <laughs> no, not even close. Sounds that's fine. Like we it. don't have to get into like <laughs> we it, don't have to get into very it? specific. Is it drums? It's a guitar. It's a it's, it's, it's a guitar and and the return of the xylophone. Mm. It's a, there is synth, but it's in the verses. There's lots of cool synth sounds kind of like going on in the background of the verses. Uh, the most interesting thing about the bit that you pointed out, Lucas, is that it's in a different time signature to the rest of the song. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a bit about that because like Dave Erringer, friend of the podcast, um, mm. sort of mentioned it um, last time. And I, I wouldn't have given it a second thought had he not said it. And... I want to talk a little bit about time signatures in general, if that's okay, please, Adam and Lucas. Yeah, go for it, man. Always. Yeah, so yeah, go for it, man. Always. <laughs> I'm I'm a big lover of what I, as a plebman, um, would describe as odd time signatures. Now, for me, like an odd time signature is it's it's designed to feel uneasy and away from like the norm, so that when you come back round to like a standard three four or four four rock beat, it's unbelievably satisfying. So like, there's a few like prog metal bands I'm into, like uh, Protest Hero or Architects, where the time signatures are all over the fucking place. It's mental. But then when he just comes back into like a standard riff against a four-four beat, it sounds incredible. Like really, like you've earned it. Does that make any sense? Um, yeah, absolutely. So like, so one of the most notable and sort of famous ones, sort of odd time signatures, is Money by Pink Floyd. Sort of quite well known for being seven-four for like half mm-hmm. of the track. And then when it comes in with a solo halfway through, it's, yeah, it's that huge wave of satisfaction, really. But in this case, that 5-4 is barely noticeable, which is what you said on that episode, isn't it, Adam? Like, it, it's really interesting. It feels so natural. Um, yeah, it, it feels very, like I did not pick up that it was a beat longer than the rest of the bars in the song. Yeah. So it happens a few times on the album, actually. They'll just throw in a cheeky little bar every now and again. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just super interesting. <laughs> Maybe like a homage to the love of prog and rush and stuff like that which i can hear on this album for but- sure i mean the, the other thing that it does in this song is it very slightly delays that chorus so like you say like it gives you that sort of rush where like it kind of leaves you hanging for an extra beat and then you drop yeah. into the yeah. chorus yeah. yeah yeah so so really really super interesting that, but unfortunately for me it's on a they did decided to do it on a bit of a dud album <laughs> like personally like it, but that there's there's enough little pockets of that in this album that we'll, that we'll talk about later that will that keeps my interest peaked like Tim yes. Peak in Twin Peaks. Yes, I, I I agree. Like there is there is enough going on in places on this album that I find this to be more interesting than you know Send Away the Tigers or or Postcards from a Young Man. Yes, personally, yes, there's slightly more sort of like interesting things going on musically. Um, yes, interestingly, I think this might have been demoed for Futurology. I could um, maybe see. He said it was hanging around, but at some point you've got to just draw a line under what you're working on for a specific album. So I think that this was in the ether, and I could see it fitting on Futurology. It's got that sort of the sound that that um sort of motoric sort of beat. Mm-hmm. You know the do 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 do. Um, I love this song. I think this is fucking great. This is in my top ten in the second half for sure, and it's not even my favorite song on the album. Oh, this is like a real like latter day uh, standout for me. It's just 
It's so fucking joyous. It is a fun banger, isn't it? It's yeah. It's good fun. It's a romp. Song. It's got some lovely synth because it's a synth. That yeah. sound is yeah. a synth. Yeah. 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 How is that a guitar? There is loads I mean, of I, synth. I mean, I understand you can put a guitar through a fucking effects pedal. Yeah. yeah like yeah. a tambourine if you wanted. But <laughs> should. They should. Like, <laughs> but it's just weird. That sounds like some old 80s synth. Uh, it may well be a combination of guitar and um, and synth and lots of. So stuff don't pander to me. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think you might be wrong, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see on Twitter. Um, Steve, I'm just I'm curious as to whether or not we actually explained what that time signature thing actually. No, you does. talked about time signatures and ice glazed over. Didn't actually. Detail. So, so, so I, I actually just got distracted trying to work out the time signature of money in my head <laughs> after you said well, it. So I'll I sat count. there tapping my fingers trying one, to count two, money three, in my head. Four. Five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, seven, eight, yeah. But then for the solo, doesn't it? I know, that's what I did. Does it go to three-fourths for the solo? Anyway, does it matter? Yeah, it is, you're right, yeah. Steve, Steve, count with the song. Okay, Okay. I'm going to play International Blue and you count. Or shall I count? Which is going to be easier. I'll count, no pressure, but let's do it. You left us too young to one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Yeah, that's how that that's how that works in the chorus. I mean, behind the curtain for those at home, but that sounds like a fucking disaster to me and Adam because yeah, that was hearing it in slightly different times across <laughs> Zoom, and to awful. me that just sounded like dog shit. <laughs> sounded like I'm sure to Steve that. Steve was like, no, don't worry, I've got this. And then <laughs> just like going, one, two, three, four. <laughs> it, it is right, I promise. <laughs> well, the good thing is, even if you're wrong, if you even if you're not right, Steve, uh, Adam can just cut your voice and make it sound like you're right. Yeah, it'll just be like yeah, one, yeah, two, fine. three, four. It'll be some I'm gonna make it sound like you're counting in threes. Um <laughs> I just find it so catchy and so joyous and that like that soaring guitar, that motorcycle emptiness sort of like yeah yeah i, don't I love see it the i don't see the motorcycle emptiness connection at all okay so the the famous riff in motorcycle emptiness goes okay yep keep going yep do the next bit and so international blue does the same thing in the same key but it goes down instead of up how does that go again uh yeah yeah and it's in the same key um and it's played on the same string uh, on the guitar, the same uh, string. Well, in no, yeah. probably he's the probably very lost same. The no. Definitely no. snapped in those intervening. He years. found it. Any guesses to what the song is about? You guys know what International Blue is? I don't know. I don't really should have looked this up. <laughs> I got too obsessed with time uh, signatures. <laughs> is it a reference to Eiffel sixty five? Uh, no. Uh, it is about the th- song is about the French painter Yves Klein, who was active in the forties, fifties, and sixties. He's an early proponent of uh, minimal. Uh, art and pop art he's most famous for his monochrome works particularly blue epoch so that's where the line about uh monochrome desire comes from uh the opening verse is about things that he literally did uh when he was very young he when when he realized he wanted to become an artist he um finger painted uh his signature when he was looking at the sky uh, you wrote your autograph on the far side of the sky. You recorded the falling rain. You painted with fire. Um, 
he literally used to drive around with the canvas on the roof of his car in the rain so, with sake. paint on it so so he could uh so he could paint with the rain he painted with a gas burner obviously there's the reference to monochrome uh you left us too young to explain is because he died at the age of 34 of a heart attack mm. so international blue is his color international klein blue is the color he invented and is part of his most famous work which is monochrome blue epoch which was 11 canvases painted solely in that color the interesting thing about that exhibition is that the they were all for sale and the the canvases were um positioned far enough away from each other that you couldn't immediately tell that they were all exactly the same um and they were all priced differently right the kind of artistic experiment behind that being people would go around and look at each painting not necessarily realizing that they're exactly the same and then pay for the one that they felt spoke to them the most even though that they were all exactly the same wow a cool yeah b i take issue with the idea that he invented a color okay no have you seen he didn't invent a color you can't invent a color that's nonsense have you seen Love, okay. Death and Robots? Like, it's a spectrum of colour, isn't it? Like, you can't invent one. There is. It just is. That's like saying someone invented maths. Well, someone did invent maths. No, no one invented maths. Maths just is. No, like, someone invented No, someone no, invented No, no, someone like, someone like... Someone invented no. the language that... Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's different. But you can't invent the fact that two and two make four. That just is. So he would have mixed together different materials and different Yeah, to make a colour that exists in yes. the colour spectrum. Okay, so sorry. Okay, it. right. He discovered it then. How about that? Probably it's, not even that. It's I'd say called... it probably existed somewhere naturally in the world at some point in the history of humanity at some point ever. Adam looks frustrated. It's just nonsense. Um... It, I agree, it is nonsense. The, the, the colour is called International Climb Blue. There you go. That's what the song's about. So, yeah, also a bit of uh, like a fan favourite, this song, especially live um, and like in the context of their latter day work. Uh, yeah, just a hot, uh, hot badger, mm. to use a phrase that we use uh, a lot. And you will use um, it. And I will. Yeah. And I'll do what I like. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just say it. And just uh, say it, Adam. In three, it's, it's two, followed one. <laughs> and just say it. And then it's uh, and that was track two. And as far as I'm concerned, after track two comes track three. Yeah. And on this album, I'm pretty sure track three is distant colours. Say what you want. Break my heart a thousand times. But it's still right here. So you left me with life. Let the banners unfold Let them fall to the floor We once had each other But now we're not so sure Are we living in the past? What is Again, classic Manix sound. Mm-hmm. Is but, that a synth? 
that is a synth. Good. That is, that is not strings. Strings. That is, that is Sean on the strings. Um, on is the it? keyboard, rather. Is there there cool. is some string. There is also some good stringage, though. Is there? Not on this I'm song. Thinking of, no. Now I'm thinking of the last one. Yeah. Th- at this uh, point, no, the album, the I was like... <laughs> there was definitely some strings on the last song. What, on International Blue? Let me consult. Let me consult. No. Nope. Definitely strings. Adam's, no, there's there definitely strings Adam's holding up to the camera I'm, the I'm album's at the, book. Yeah, I'm looking at the credits. There's no strings looking, on International he's bringing Blue. bringing out the ancient texts. <laughs> yeah. Um... At this point in the album, I was like, oh, maybe it's not like By the Numbers, Dull Manics, because we've had two kind of like synthy, yeah, like a- eighties tinged sort of more interesting, better songs. Yeah, it also has like that, maybe like, this album's good. The the beat is a bit electronic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and in a weird rhythm, and I don't know how it's weird, and I think it's just that I'm struggling with where. The one, the one is. is yeah. You messaged us, didn't you? Saying is this yeah. a strange time signature? It is in four four, but yeah, like counting the... four in the chorus for <laughs> me is impossible. Just oh yes, you yeah yeah we did yeah. yeah. And if I can read us, it's four four. Then it must be <laughs> yeah. Four, the the drum beat is like I'm a pleb. It, the off is like some offbeat accents and stuff, and therefore it sounds yeah. There's some accents, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah. So it, is it, it? Yeah. The 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 drum beat sort of doesn't resolve until the next bar or something like that right it, it sounds and that's probably the most interesting thing about this song i mean the chorus feels like quite unmoored from the drums and sort of like quite dreamy and it all like cascades into into sort of place i quite like that effect uh on the song yes moored yeah, yes something there's something there unmoored the drums are unmoored I don't yeah. know, something so it was, like that. if it was yeah. unmoored does that mean that Mm. He he didn't like he There's didn't he wasn't there. on the song. It was unmoored. Something Maybe because he didn't feature on the song. What? This is a James song. Sean Moore. Is it what his um? This is, this is James lyrics. Yeah, cool. uh, for me, fairly obvious what they're about. Do any of you want to take a stab? Uh, did someone invent distant colors? Did someone invent a color somehow, and that they called the color distant? So, <laughs> so it's about the current political landscape, okay. and the the sort of, and it actually is like current, like this. Uh, yeah. I'll still never get over the fact that Mannix, like, yeah. we're now at present day. It's yeah, not exactly. old. when you say when you say current political, you mean like John Major, right? <laughs> like no, 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 no. We literally are talking about Brexit. Yeah. Can yeah, I just yeah, jump yeah. in and just try and make a stab now? And you said that a bit. In, yeah, sure. in, and in terms of distant colours, it's like how you used to be red through and through, and now you're kind of losing your way. If you're Labour, for example, that kind of thing, and you're yeah, your distant colour of that, is that a sort of thing? Yeah, and uh, I mean the the biggest line to unlock that is I no longer know my left from my right. Ah, oh, very good. Um, Tick. sort of talking about the hypocrisy on all levels of both sides, the disappearance of a true left, or what I think James is called classic Labour, and he kind of sees a political landscape that he no longer recognises, and he still aligns himself to a side, no matter how far away from his personal political ideals that party has now strayed the distant color nice you know cool. sort of the way that that's that, that sort of faded away in modern politics because they are all bastards <laughs> what uh, i quite quite like this you know as like a standard manic sort of song i i really like the um the who-esque sort of middle eight that has those big townsend 
Who's drums? You know, like the din, 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 din. I, I quite like that. It's not the only what, bit that sounds like the what's who. Townsend mean? Oh, Townsend is in Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you said Townsend because you said like Townsend. Townsend. I was like, is this like a a <laughs> musical style that I've not heard of called Townsend? <laughs> Mo Townsend. Pete Townsend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, like going. I'm going to go down to Bradfield. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. I Same like that. Thing. That's good. Same thing. Uh, Lucas, you quite like this one, is what I took from what you said. I do quite like it. Unfortunately, the good. This is. I did. I did. I did pre-apologize before this episode. That it's front-loaded, Lucas. It's. I mean, a. It's fucking front-loaded. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, actually, my my favorite my favorite song on the album is is in the second half. Um, but. But I also don't have a tremendous amount to say about it, which kind of shows this is a bit of a dud album, that the songs that I think are the better songs, I still don't have a massive amount to say about. I think uh, I think dud is maybe yeah. unkind, I would sorry, say. Sorry, dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. I'm joking. It's not Plague Lovers. I think it's, I think it's like, I think it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I think we're, coming, we're coming off of, for me and Steve, one of the best albums in their entire discography. Yeah. In Futurology. Well, I agreed. I did agree with you. This is one of their best yeah. albums. I just yeah, didn't yeah, give it sure. as high scores as you. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. my scores are lower. Yeah. 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 So we're coming off like one of our collective favorite. Uh, some someone did a ranking of all of our albums, like combined scores. Futurology is number one. If you take all of our scores into account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I th- I think I think as we discussed before, I think collective score is a more valuable score than average, and I agree with that. And I will. Uh, tell you right now that no matter which way you do it the ranking remains the same because i've done it both ways <laughs> <laughs> well what if this one throws it off like? oh maybe yeah maybe you never know is it actually does it end up the same i mean that doesn't shouldn't really it, be surprising it ends right? up exactly the same whether or not you divide our total score by three or you just yeah leave it as it is uh yeah distant colors absolutely yeah uh you know one of the better ones on the album uh the next song is called vivian don't know why I said it like so, that. So, like a radio. <laughs> if it was radio, though, you would talk right up to the vocal and you'd make sure it fits in. Like, you to walk these yeah, streets with a camera around your neck. It's your weapon of choice. It's your ultimate defense. I've seen your face, but I've really seen your smile. Did you leave the ruins? Or did you build a life? Very young, did you ever realize all that mystery that you left behind? like electronic sort of affected snare there yeah. in what is otherwise sort of like your standard sort of rock mellow what, sort of rock I'll tell you song. what's very interesting about this song that the fact that they sung about their favourite Elder Scrolls game 
Oblivion. Oblivion. To be, can I make a confession? I didn't see there the is... track names, and I genuinely thought this song was. I was trying to find this song again and going, "Where's Oblivion? I can't find." Like genuinely, Steve, looking... yeah, go Steve, on. This is. Uh, I have that exactly written down. So, so the first time I heard this, uh, I was not looking at track listings, and I thought it was Oblivion. Yeah. So we had the same uh, thought. Except you didn't it's have only a when shit you joke. See... Yeah. yeah. Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who is who is Vivian? Yeah, Vivian is Vivian Mayer, um, who was a street photographer in Chicago, mainly working in the 1950s. She took photos. This is actually very interesting. She took photos all throughout her life. I'll but, be the judge of that. But her work wasn't <laughs> discovered. <laughs> her work wasn't discovered until after her death in oh, wow. 2009. So. Like, in 2007, two years before her death, she just failed to keep up payments on her storage space. And all of her negatives and film rolls were, like, auctioned off for basically nothing. And it wasn't until about 2011, 2012, that people looked through her street photography and realised that she's probably one of the best casual photographers to have ever lived. Fucking hell. Um, What does that mean? Does that mean she just, like, does photography, like, sitting down... What so street, 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 like, so like, like where's a backwards cat? On a well, street photography is literally just taking pictures like on the street, whether people are like aware of you be- taking the photo of them or not. Yeah, Vivian um, Mayer. I'm really interesting. Up some so, photogs. She, so she had no idea. Yeah, you've got to bear in mind it's the 1950s when she took photos, so it's not like you know mind blowing by today's sort of perspectives. But the way that her photos sort of give you that little window into people's everyday lives i i actually personally do genuinely think that they are incredible um oh, nikki was clever yeah yeah i know which one he's talking about um which, nikki, which one nikki... which one am i talking about <laughs> no, which one sorry. am i talking about nikki became a bit uh <laughs> obsessed with her um but it's just this sad story where she had no idea that she became one of the most well-regarded people in her art form because it was something that she was just doing as a hobby and she didn't live long enough to see her own success mm. Good photos, and man. so, yeah, man, they they are incredible. Uh, I've I've just ordered a book of her photography off oh, the back cool. of reading about her. Um, so you know all the lyrics like Vivian, did you ever realize all that mystery you've left behind? And I've looked inside your soul, but we never heard your voice. Uh, yeah, just yeah, it's sort of the lyrics are talking about um, that idea of not being aware of the legacy that you leave behind, and also magic and swords. Yeah, and elves and goblins. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you'd absolutely uh, you consider this blasphemy, but I really like seeing uh, colorized versions of old pictures. Yeah, they're interesting, aren't they? That's a really uh, interesting because just the 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 mind struggles to see pictures from that old time. Not the, the, kind of that they that the world wasn't in black and white. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And so I when you exactly see a picture from like like. 1850 no it's probably pre-photography isn't it 1890 i don't know whatever and it's in color and you're just like that's weird yeah you've got to remember the the album artwork for this album is from 1870 yeah and it's being colored yeah yeah, exactly but they um was it it, start getting into doing color i'm gonna learn to do it there's good um, money in it peter jackson that directed that was it like that war documentary where it yeah, was it's all, all recolored. recolored, but then they had to put in extra frames and and slow it down and everything, and then they put in extra yeah. audio and stuff, and that it looks so bizarre to see that kind of footage 
looks so that's normal. an incredible documentary yeah the, the the name escapes me now um oh man uh is peter it... jackson documentary that's it yeah you, never... got it. you nailed it world war it's world called... war one it's called they, they shall never... not grow old yeah they yeah. shall not grow old that's it absolutely incredible documentary um anyway this song feels a little bit like um sort of fleetwood mac to me that sort of very upbeat sort of thing i really like that guitar part um, it's the wankiest yeah. thing I've ever heard, and I like it. Well, you say that, but like the chorus and the like, I like cheese, right? Don't get yeah. me wrong, but this is a bit more like a mild cheddar, right? And okay. not a stinky Stilton. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. I like the melody in the verses, things. and I like those electronic drums that you mentioned in the verses. Don't get me wrong, like they, I, I quite like that. The, the chorus is just wank. Town. I can't think of anything cheesier than when doing a song about a photographer, you use the sound of a camera as your click, rhythmic, click, click, click. as as like as a as a part of your rhythm section. Is there, oh, Did you guys yeah. notice that? Do you not hear no. that? I mean, wanna... wait, what is worse though, doing that or when they went click 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 click? That's worse. No, like, I like one... click 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 click. Which ones? Oh, they're both pretty wank. Kevin Carter. Kevin Carter. It's also song. yeah, just another um, song where he just shouts the name of the the photographer. The photographer just goes, "Oh, Kevin Carter." <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, Wire called the album obsessively melodic, and I think that this definitely fits in. Like when they start layering that guitar part with other guitar parts, well, and, then, and, and, and then filling in the gaps of it as well. And the riff follows the vocal melody later in the song as well. Yes, it does. Is a real touch and go. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's awful. I think worked it, in this one. Yeah, I think it works here definitely. Works. I mean, I don't. It's it's, it's fine. Like it's it the, again. This is like Manix doing a bit of a bit of a upbeat Manix song. Uh, some people hate this song. Uh, in in, uh, in the same way that I don't know if you remember it, but some people hated. Um, I think I found it from Postcards from a Young Man, um, and that's one of my favorite on that album. It, this song reminds me of I think I found it. I'm leaning towards. That. I'm leaning towards the hate. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I just think it's just a fine Manix doing a Manix song. No, it's really it's so much it. sort of more wrapped up in sort of the seventies uh, pop rock ELO um, sort yeah, of vibe I can see than, the, than yeah, anything yeah, else. I can see that. Yeah, um, it's also the first song on the album to feature uh, Catherine, uh, the, the 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 anchoress. Uh, she does the backing vocals uh, uh, towards the end. Does Did she? you ever realize? Oh wow. Nice, nice lady that. voice you're doing there. And speaking of the anchoress, she is also the lead vocalist on this next track, Dylan and Caitlin. Love has deserted me. 
Uh, there you go. There's there's a lot of um, songs about things on this album. Yeah, I know. You know what you mean. Songs, as opposed to songs that aren't about things. Yeah, pretty much. There's loads of songs that aren't really about things. Do you know what I mean? But this is like First this is about a spe- there's yeah. a specific photographer. This is a song about a, a man who had a colour. And you know, do you know what I mean? This this is a song about uh, Dylan Thomas and Caitlin McNamara and their relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all very about things. I feel like there's a. I mean, a lot of manic songs are about like. A story. They like they found a character to use a bad word because they're real people, but they find a character in mm. history and then make a song about them. Oh, for sure, the Manics do that a lot. Uh, it's n- it's just not that common in general music terms. And we're five tracks in, and four of them have already been about things. Very subject matter heavy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, also, this song very string heavy, very orchestral. Yeah. This is my jam, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I really you would like this. Uh, one. Uh, that doesn't surprise is me. Is it not? You yeah. know, oh, no, it I doesn't. love a duet. You know, I love a female vocal and a manic song. Their voices work really well together on this, don't they? Their oh. voices do go well, similar to uh, that other one that <laughs> they done. The vocals met mesh. And what was good. that other one that they done, Lucas? That other one that they done was called <laughs> "Your Love Alone Is uh, Not Enough." Your love alone ain't ain't it. <laughs> yeah, it ain't that. <laughs> Um, that's how it went that your love uh, so, alone ain't it ain't it ain't it <laughs> um, listen to uh, our episode that we released last Friday for like the full context of how this song came about with the Anchoress and how she um, she got involved in the recording of the song how they invited her, her there but her voice on this is so good and when they're singing at the same time absolute chef's kiss chef's kiss chef's mm. kiss mm. um i like uh, it like how he starts a song and then when her vocal come comes in the drums kick in it really kind of ramps up like when she starts spinning a bit spinning it's when singing. she starts spinning when that she i think spinning. Spinning. when the she song is a good really spinning. gets she's good she's got a good yeah. spinning when I voice sping, um, <laughs> yeah i love the start of the song it's really cool i i the... like that it's conversational so like yeah. there's two characters on yeah, this song and cool. they're talking to one another that's really cool she actually um, says Dylan, blah blah blah, doesn't she? Like actually, yeah, like, yeah. Mentions him by name. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, much. I like the 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 string breakdown at two minutes thirty is very manix. Yes. It? Do you know what? It reminded me slightly of Black Dog. Maybe Just, that's. I it, it it made me think of something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, there's I, a, there's I was a like, that's it. that's classic manix. That is yeah. textbook <laughs> manix. <laughs> It's interesting that we talk about sort of string breakdowns and stuff being classic manics. What album do you do you guys think that that sort of um, that stereotype comes from? Everything must go. Yeah, I thought that, and then last night I found out how many tracks on Everything Must Go have strings on them. Is it two? Not many. <laughs> three. Yeah, <laughs> That's more than two. It's literally <laughs> only three of the twelve, uh, which I thought was slightly interesting. Um, Going into the studio, apparently the inspirations were something that would fit on Ocean Rain by Echo and the Bunnymen, which I think you can hear in the use of strings and, and specifically the bit that you mentioned, Lucas. But the other uh, the other piece of inspiration was Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John and Kiki D. Oh, yeah. And you can hear it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, like they'd be yeah. singing into the same microphone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can you can like picture the music video. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> are they in the studio like both holding like just one headphone like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. At one point, they're standing back to back. Yeah. Oh God. Dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was also recorded in faster studios. It was one of the few that was recorded in, in faster in faster studios before it's before demise. they moved. It was this and distant colors and left behind. I think. Um. Also, there's a time signature change in the middle of this song, Steve. Is there now? Yep. That whole that whole middle section that Lucas was talking about is in a different time signature to the rest of the song. So there are lots of little like interesting things. It's different time signature or different on. tempo? I'm, uh, I'm struggling both. to remember it, but cool. Okay. Um, and it's obviously we guys. We know who Dylan Thomas is. Yes, he's Please. a poet. Yes, and he was a drunk. Lucas looks terrified. He was a drinky, he's drinky a boy. He's a poet. He's a poet. Yeah, he's a famous Welsh poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a famous Welsh poet. Yeah. And Lucas, uh, I knew sure. that. I just wanted to make sure that you knew. You're trying to this say he was a poet, poet, and you know, you knew, you and you know, and you were, you he were was a poet, and you were aware of that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this song is about his his marriage to Caitlin McNamara. Dylan and Caitlin uh, both famously had issues with drink, which are referenced throughout the lyrics. So this song is kind of broadly about an abusive relationship and how some people feed off the drama of that, and uh, also covers bits of like their them moving to America and how it kind of broke their relationship. Again, something about things. <laughs> uh, Steve, you, you're absolute jam then. Yeah, I really like this. It's just nice. Lucas, like, it's I'm, just, I'm yeah. guessing the stringness of it is something that appeals to you. Uh, yes, it is a nice one. It's of the ones of the duets that they've done. Yeah. Uh, it's better than some of the ones from the previous couple albums that I did not like at yeah. all. Yeah. So you didn't like the the Kate LeBon one from uh, Yeah. Whereas this one, the film. lovely. Yeah. Really lovely. Like, really I mean, not song. like not top on the album, but like nice. Good, solid the vo- their voices just they go very nicely together oh this is my this yeah. is my favorite on the album they, they is it by that, far that that's cool doesn't yeah. surprise me in the <laughs> slightest in my notes i wrote steve loves it <laughs> <laughs> i also i also wrote their voices suit similar to your love alone is not enough and i i, I initialized your love alone is not enough which is elaine yeah it is it's just interesting. It's like yeah. a word. Mm. And if you initialize like the name, if if you initialize the next song, it's le. As I wake to a Or, if you want to give it its full title, Liverpool Revisited. Steve, uh, thoughts on uh, (laughs) Liverpool Revisited? (laughs) It's... um... (laughs) Okay, all right then, let's go to Lucas. Lucas, Um, thoughts on the song? uh, Apart from the bit where it goes... (laughs) Um, Meh, meh. Mm, right yeah so Absolute this is track six generic rock song meh 
got nothing to say. My two notes say it's a generic rock song, but the guitar riff. <laughs> so you have, like, I'm assuming then that you know nothing about what the song is about and you have no thoughts on that either. Uh, it's about revisiting Liverpool. It's um, kind of it's mad. About, it's probably can't. about. It's probably about like. So it, it's. I know. I know that you're quickly looking it up. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. But, I'm having to think. I'm having to think if there's like a story you've told me about Liverpool. I don't know if there was something to do with Liverpool and there was something to do with. Steve, I think you were about to say it's mad that Lucas cannot pass the meaning of this song just from the lyrics, right? Lucas, do you remember South Yorkshire mass murderer? Yeah, 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 yeah. About yeah, the Hillsborough yeah. disaster, the '96. Yeah, this yeah, is their yeah, second yeah. bang at that subject matter, isn't it, Adam? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Wait, Adam did. So it's about. So it's about Hillsborough. It's about the Hillsborough yes, disaster. Yes, yeah. it is. But the most Liverpool's connection to it. Were they in the game? Yeah. But the lyrics, of course, specifically reference the '96 and you know courage and pride, and and this comes after the uh, the court case where they actually did get justice right. for the people who were killed that day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is it is sort of the sister song to S Y M M. In that it's about the Hillsborough disaster, because um, that at the time was not well received. There, that song particularly is that right? Um, we didn't rate it. Yeah, we didn't rate it. Don't forget that the song isn't actually really about the Hillsborough disaster. It's about writing a song about. Yeah, that's disaster. true. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a definitely a better track than it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think feel it's, it's very, very on the nose. It's just kind of going. This has happened, and this is. It's yes. it's awful. Which is fine, but it it's an feels, odd thing to be in this song, this kind of... It I don't feels know. overly sentimental in a way that the Manics usually aren't. Yeah. And it actually feels a little bit mawkish or maybe patronising for me. It's the line, like, I think of the 96 and the tears roll down or something like that. And, and it just seemed yeah. a bit a bit very much on the nose. I don't know. I can't I can't describe it without sounding insensitive. So I'm, I, do you know what I'm trying to get at, though? I don't... Definitely. I, I, look... Maybe this song goes goes down really great if you have some kind of connection to that uh, incident yeah. as well, and the people connected to the tragedy. It doesn't necessarily work for me. For me, it makes them nil for two on songs about the Hillsborough disaster. Mm. Um, what what I do like about it is it kind of. I don't think they deal with the subject matter very well, but I do like. I quite like the instrument, the instrumental of it, and and I like. James's voice on like the long bit, you know, where it goes. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Uh, he does it better than I do. What about the bit that goes? It does have like it has like quite a 60s sound to it. It has like a almost like a a Merseyside 60s Liverpool sort of sound to it, which I think is quite a clever thing to have done for the track. Yeah. Um, interestingly, completely written by Nicky, the lyrics and the music. Oh, that is interesting. Whilst he was in Liverpool, he was like having a day out around Liverpool. Uh, having the, a day they, out. They were due to play at the Liverpool Arena the day after the um, the results of the court case were made known. Okay. Yeah. You said they were due to. They did or they did not? Yeah. No, oh, they, they did. did. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. also, don't buy the sun. Yeah, and also don't buy the sun as well. Yeah. So that's that. That's also like what they were saying, like in the lyrics, all the hatred they tried to throw at you, but you stayed so strong. All the hatred never was the truth. Uh, yeah, don't buy the sun for numerous reasons, but mm. very also very specific. Feel free to try and buy the actual star, the sun. 
Oh, mate, it's if probably... someone buys the Suns... It's very expensive, I can imagine. It's big. If someone bought the Sun, do you think they could start charging access to it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Could yeah. you put the Sun behind a paywall? <laughs> I mean, Simpsons did it. Did, did really? They? Did they? Simpsons of did it. Of course they did. There you go. Great. So that was sort of, uh, you know, Liverpool revisited. It was sort of a sequel to a song. And that sets me up for a really good segue to the next song because the next song title has has the word sequel in it. Yeah, uh, very good, yeah. Which is very nice. sequels of yeah, Forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Some bars of four, then a bar of two. Yeah, you, got, bars you of got three bars of four, four, then a cheeky bar of two, four at the end of it. It comes around. It's quite a cool. It's quite a cool riff. It's really uh, good. Uh, you, oh, you 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 like this a lot? Yeah, yeah man. Just oh, just the <laughs> through the song. Um, but all about like, those time signatures again, man. And then like the pre-chorus little gubbin bit. <laughs> It's it's like a six four or something, or or I don't know, and then followed by another two bars of four four straight yeah, into the chorus. They have said that they find this too complicated to play live. Great, I love that. There's also a key change. Oh, is there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just shove it all in. Um, it, it's prog rock. Like it, it, it's not, but it's the influence is all over the song, isn't it? Like so it sounds like Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it I, does. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like old school Manix a bit as well. It does. It does. It, it kind of um, the absolute classic quote from the band um, before the before the album came out. Nicky Wire said, "You know, it's kind of a blend between you know the grand songs of Everything Must Go and the kind of the dumb rock songs of Generation Terrorists." Like I think he says that about every album, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but th- this one does it's, come across as quite like an especially early especially postcards from a young man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said the wrong album then. I meant to say the acoustic one. Rewind the film. Ah, Rewind no, the film. So what happened there is... <laughs> that joke act- would have been better. You were accidentally right, though. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, because that song, <laughs> that album, Postcast from a Young Man, is a blend of everything that's going Generation Terrorist in some respects. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intentional. Intentional. Uh, it seems to be about how the news uh, searches for dramaticism and uh, confrontation. Doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like something they'd do. I know, I know, right? No, they're impartial. Listening to them talk about uh, this song was quite interesting. One, because I found out this these lyrics were a collaboration between James and Nikki. Cool. Um, and it was written and recorded at a time where they felt they had sort of stalled, where they'd run out of sort of places to go for the album. And at one point, James says that the song was designed rather than written to kind of... They realised they needed a more rock-esque kind of song mm. and so designed this song to fill that gap. And right. decided to think, well, let's throw in like a cheap Casio keyboard at one point then. And a yeah. cowbell. Well, that and is cowbell. that is the other bit that sounds like the Who, that sort of middle eight with the with the with the keyboard sort of thing going on. Sounds real like Casio like. Do, do I like this? You tell me. Do I like this? Yeah. No. So that's cleared it up. <laughs> I I like it while it's on, and then I immediately forget I've ever heard it in my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those songs. If, if, me right, so, so if, if if the song was playing and someone said, "Do you like this song?" I'd go, "Yeah, I like this song a lot. This is cool." And then if the song finished and someone said, "Did you like that song?" I would say, "What song?" Yeah, don't get me wrong. When I say I love this, like <laughs> I'll never listen to this again. Uh, I mean that that to me is 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 this whole album yeah, yeah like, there's yeah. there's the, little the, bits that keep me interested but the whole thing isn't holding oh, together you know? i have my 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 msp top tracks playlist on spotify i i will add a curse i will add i will add <laughs> like two minimum songs from every album as a courtesy right but with this it really felt like a courtesy i didn't play glovers yeah um, i thought you might not i have. skipped it <laughs> um but with this one i'm like well actually do i even do i even bother do I even? Them on. Yeah. Do I even? And that's the title of the next album. It's second half. Do of... I even bother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, second half of the album filler, I think. A little bit. Nah. Standard Manics then. Um, oh, uh, mic drop from Lucas there going off the camera. Standard Manics said, bye! Do you know there. that it's called that because the... Um, the guy who invented walking away dramatically from an argument, his name was Mike Drop. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was he related to? Wait, no. People, people with the same first name aren't related. Don't worry. I was going to make a Mike Hedges joke, but oh, yeah, no, it's not how no, names actually, work. No, that is Lucas. Everybody called Mike is related to one another. Hmm. Mike Drop hmm. was one of the twenty-five around the. So, I mean, I'm I'm related Gold to other Lucases. Yeah, and I'm related to all other Adams, including the first one. Mm. Adam mm. Adam Clayton. Yes, he yeah. was the Adam, first what? one. Yeah. Kylo Ren. Yes. And <laughs> uh, this uh, is the next song. A walk between the dividing lines. A dance around the exit signs. I Diplomatic plans ravaged by time 
when you say this album was designed, mm. it almost feels like this one where they went, well, we need a song where we can say, everyone turn the torches on on your phones and wave them back and forth. And then everyone will do that. In that voice. Because it's just one of them, in it? It's just a fucking Coldplay song. It's uh, in, it, what, in, in, in what respect? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, I mean, it sounds like Coldplay. I think, that wo- the, I think the woes work on this one. I think one. the woes are shit. It's very interesting. Um, J- James has said he always hated doing woes woes yeah yeah most um, of the time they're bad but they couldn't get the chorus right and so he decided to, he decided to just try something some woes. He, he decided to try something that he hated um to see if it worked and i think it works here uh no I, I just yeah it just sounds like a song where you just see everyone get your lighters out and it's just kind of a yeah one of them but not good enough to be good right Steve, what do you think? Also, Coldplay have got a song called Hurts Like Heaven, which I think doesn't That's help true. with the connection yeah. in my head that I'm making there between this song and Coldplay. It, 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 oh, it's, it's very lovely and very pleasant. It very does much feel. It very does much feel, guys. Um, like, it, very, it very does it much. It very, very does, does much feel. Much and I very does much feel sometimes. That's true, you do. Um, it's, it seems a lot like radio bait. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. yeah, that's a better way of putting what I said. Yeah. Which sounds like Coldplay, which is radio bait. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong, though. And like... so, what is what is the difference between sort of this being radio bait and a design for life being radio bait? I, I could not tell you. I think you also something... a design for life being earlier in their career, there is something to be yeah. said for the fact that they've been doing it for years, and you know. The fact that we've talked about the fact that this album is somewhat designed, and it's hard not to think of an album, a band that have been going for years. Now I know that you would see it as I'm. No, I'm going to do. I think a, you a, might a, have a... mistaken what I just said on the last song. That song is the only one where they said it was designed. What what they actually said about the album as a whole is that they were going out of their way to try and make every song sound like a single. Okay, well that okay. Well, that makes My sense. point yeah. kind of still stands. Now I like, I know that Adam feels very very differently to me and you, Lucas, about this song. So, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I oh, I know uh, that Adam's going to really like it. Yeah. This is this is probably my favorite Manic song in about twenty years. Hmm. Wait. Well, how long? What was twenty years ago? Uh, this I've, is my truth. Tell me yours. Lucas <laughs> is speechless, which is insane. I'm genuinely speechless. We have had three guests come on with this song in their top ten. So I, I was surprised to see that you guys didn't recognise this as one that was coming up. Uh, whenever the guests mention songs that I don't know already, I, it's you know, it's hard for me to just remember the name. Yeah, go, yeah, oh, that was no. one. That was one that Michael said he liked, and we've go just, back and we've... our friend Michael, and then you know. <laughs> And Mike, then related it and... related to all the other Michaels. Yeah, Michael Sheen, yeah. Michael Drop, yeah. and Michael Hedges. Michael Clayton, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Hedges, obviously. But we've we've actually talked about this song a number of times in terms of like people just think like acknowledging sort of how great they find it. I will be. say I agree with Lucas that when guests have talked about their favourite songs that we haven't heard yet, I kind of switch off because I'm like, I shouldn't no, really that's be hearing fine. about I, this yet. No, I, I didn't mean like you would know any of the context or anything. I literally just thought you'd recognise the title as one that we had. Oh yeah, I did. It didn't mean I, I yeah. liked it any less or more. Uh, I think it's an incredible song. Also, hold me like a heaven. Adam, tell yeah. me why it's an incredible song because I want to... Like a heaven. I want to understand. Yeah. 
so th- just to address lucas's point first that is a um inspired by a poem by philip larkin called lines on a young lady's photograph album where he says it holds you like a heaven um so nikki is kind of then springboarding off of that philip larkin line obviously philip larkin is like an incredible poet who nikki uh, like adores there's so many things that he's taken from philip larkin like across the years um you you, you see what, what what are you asking me what is a heaven yeah it just seems grammatically clumsy Do, does does heaven have to be this one notion of something well traditionally yes no traditionally there's loads of uh, religions that have many different concepts of the idea of a heaven <laughs> I have no retort. <laughs> this reminds me of tolerate in like the sort of it is soaring but also kind of tender. This is without a doubt my favorite song on the record. I think the phrasing of the lyrics is really beautiful. Um I walk between but the dividing like... lines and then the way it goes I dance around the exit signs there's a weird sort of um uh, a weird phrasing in that that I find really beautiful. The verses were written by Sean, somewhat interestingly. Oh, cool. And the bit at the end of the chorus where it becomes sad after having been triumphant. So where it's like, hold me like a heaven. And it's like this huge thing. And then the end of the chorus is, hold me like I'm lost in your heaven. Mm-hmm. It goes down like that. I think that that is really beautiful. Very stirring uh, for me. So you... I, I don't know what it is that makes some of the songs good anthems and this one anthem bait mm. but to me it is anthem bait also how 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 sorry was that the ghost it's of one, michael jackson of those, coming back it's one of those know. awful jarring moments in the song that i just like like you with autumn song with the yeah like that similarly like oh that just so i think where that comes from where that comes from is um that in the second half of this album there's a lot of bowie and I, they were trying to emulate um, Ashes to Ashes uh, in this song. Um, and that is a steal from the backing vocals of Ashes to Ashes, the oh, mm. oh, oh bit. Um, um, so you said, Sean, did, when he wrote the verses, he wrote the lyrics? He wrote the melody. A melody. Okay, no, because I was going to say, like, the like the melody. there's a few moments on this album where I know that the, the Manics do this thing where they... They have the lyrics first and they write the music to it and sometimes it feels a bit kind of squashed in. There's a lot of moments on this yeah. album where it, it it does that and it and it fails for me. It sounds just a bit okay, clumsy. But this song is it, it feels very the songwriting feels very much in sync with the the, the music and the lyrics flow really nicely together. Um Yeah, and I, and I agree, but there are also still weird like it is awkward to fit in. I dance around the exit signs, and the way that they've structured it so it fits in, and the way they've fitted fit in, hold me like I'm lost in your heaven, mm. just really, really works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm saying that's a good thing about the song is that this it, the song writing in this song is very good. I would just say that personally, for me, I don't find it as interesting. But I'm enjoying listening to you talk about how interesting it is. Is there any more? Uh yeah, I mean there's loads cool. more I could talk about this song all year. Yeah. Oh oh yeah. Um, well there's not very much long left of the year. It it sort of seems to be about sort of like not being able to keep up and you, people's certainties evaporating. You know, tattered manifestos that litter the mind, diplomatic plans ravaged by time, um, is a particularly nice lyric. I think Nikki is just really on fire here and I think it came from 
James like badgering Nicky for like one last lyric. He didn't feel the album was done. This is the last song they recorded for the album. They left it so late that in fact Sean didn't have time to record drums. Right. Those drums are a loop of Sean playing an idea. Okay. Which is why the drums are exactly the same all the way through the song, whether regardless of whether it's verse or chorus. When you say they didn't have time... Yeah, they had three weeks until the record was going to be mastered. Well, can't they just just say, no, we need a little bit more time so we can actually record some drums, please? No, all these things get booked in. You book in your mastering sessions months Also, in three weeks seems like long enough to record some drums. I don't think it is. I yeah, I think that shows uh probably when we were teenagers in a recording studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could still get better drums in 3 weeks than a loop. Well also it just really works for the song though, I think. That sort of sparseness uh that continues all the way through the song that gives it an anchor. Um anyway, yeah, uh Sean had the verses and there was no chorus to it. Um until uh, James, they were on their way to Nice to record the video for International Blue. Hmm. And he took a little travel guitar with him, only to find out that he couldn't take it on the flight, right. even though he had this idea for the chorus and he had no way to get it out of him. And he had to borrow a guitar from the film crew and then finished the song really quickly, like in one sort of creative burst. That's cool. Um and that uh, the, the guitar part sounds quite. Um, the guitar solo sounds quite. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Harry's Harry's son. George Harry's son. Yes, that was it. George Michael. No, no, it was George. I is think George related. Michael related to Michael. They're related. Sheen? No, I think George Michael is related <laughs> to George Harry's son. Mm-hmm. Because of the name. But it's Harry's son. It's not George Michael's son. Interestingly, I found out an interesting fact about um, George Harry's son the other day. <laughs> he was he was born as a shark, which I suppose explains his name. Yep. George Harris. Oh, my God. I thought you meant Sharky and George Harry's son. No, I thought you meant Sharky <laughs> George and George Harry's. as well. George Harry's son. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. Jaws, because of Jaws the Shark. Yeah, Jaws, yeah. <laughs> Here's Jaws. One of the few fights James and Sean have ever had is over this song, because really? James did, basically didn't give him enough time to finish the drums. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, an incredible song. A huge fan favourite. Um, yeah, yeah, incredible. And as we were talking about uh, the Bowie influence... That actually segue. God, this album's got full of segues. This song, the next song's about Bowie. The next song's about Bowie. This song's about Bowie. I, I really wanted to say it. <laughs> I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm quite. I'm just to continue with this song very briefly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say it's a real fan favorite. It's a real anthem, which are normally the songs that I respond to. Mm. But I just don't on this occasion. Whereas normally Fair I'm enough. the normie. I'm normally the normie that the one for you yeah, is yeah. for. But in this, on this occasion. Nah, mate. I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, I can't believe that they still have the ability to write pop songs like that in them at the age of 50, whatever they were. 50, I think. Uh, Anyway, uh, next song's about Bowie. (laughs) 
Oh, you could have. Is it? Yeah, it's it's about Javid Bowie. <laughs> this song's about Javid. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is why it probably apes a lot of like aspects of his music. So glad I was right. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I wrote it down so confidently. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think the song is fine. It's fine. It's a bit nothing. It's about Bowie. It, but it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's about David Bowie. <laughs> and I fucking love David Bowie. Yeah. So let's talk about David Bowie. How, how do you guys feel about David Bowie? I don't know enough about David Bowie as much He's as I musician, should. He's uh, a musician from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And today. And teens. Oh. Well, not today. Well, no, but I, yeah, I realise I said that. That used to be a thing on Radio 1 or something. It was like the 80s, 90s, and today. Now I realise that that is a very long time that I listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Bowie. I, en- I enjoy the works of David Bowie. Make sure we get that printed on a t-shirt. Much <laughs> yeah. like the I Like Lifeblood one. Make sure we yeah, get yeah. I Enjoy I... the Works of David <laughs> Bowie. Especially, especially... Um, his performance uh, as Nikola Tesla uh, in the film The Prestige. And what do you think about his performance in Zoolander? Um, I think it's atrocious. Okay. I Have you seen? Lowering him... I think he's lowering himself. Have you seen The Man Who Fell to Earth? No. That is a fascinating movie. Uh, David Bowie plays an alien um, <laughs> who is like who just landed. Yeah, who just landed on Earth. So he's basically still playing himself. Yeah. Um, Bowie. So. Obviously, the man. I okay, no, I didn't know the songs about Bowie. Oh no! Again, before you go, how did you not know that? Didn't listen to the lyrics. Uh, I I didn't know it was about Bowie until I started yeah. doing the I, sort of context research for this. I read the lyrics on a website, yeah. and uh, then when I it was about Bowie. when I heard well, my my notes for this song just says again with the synths, very very eighties. This, but only okay? Question mark. It's track nine on a Manix album, isn't it? Like clockwork. Well, guitar at the end's pretty cool. Okay, this song might be better than I thought. I, I love that you write as your brain thinks. Yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah. That's really... And then I go back and edit. I go back and edit sometimes. Yeah. So, right, there, there is that synth sound. It's actually more 70s than it is 80s. It was popularised in the 80s, I think, that synth sound. But because Bowie was such a fucking, you know, uh, experimenter and progenitor of, uh, you know, new ideas... He used that synth sound on his Berlin era albums in the seventies. Um, there's also quite a lot of sort of the station to station sound, um, and those. Yeah, this is where I don't know enough about station David to station Bowie, is like... a David Bowie album. Yeah, I don't. Like, I know, know that I'm that was, not. Yeah. I'm not like a deep into the Bowie lore that I could. Station to station, probably one of his most famous albums. 
Yeah, I'm I'm aware of that album. I couldn't tell yeah. what was on it because I'm a pleb. Station to Station is on it. Huh. Yeah. And and some other songs are on it. And some other songs, including um, th- this is just something that goes to show that uh, how obsessed with the uh, with Bowie the Manics are. Uh, on Station to Station is the his cover of Wild Is the Wind, which was James Dean Bradfield's first dance at his wedding. Aww. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, Wild oh, Is the Wind. Nice. Fucking great song. Love that Bowie song. Um, and it's got the harmonized drums that we talked about that they used on uh, uh, Futurology, where um, you use like a harmonizer to lower or raise the pitch of the drums to make them sound a bit fuller. Um, but it is sort of, it's a bit lightweight, this song. It is a bit track nine on an album made up of an album where I get the sense they put out an album because they needed to put out an album. Yeah. Do you know what? I can't even remember the melody of this song and we've just listened to it. I can't uh, remember how it goes. And that just kind of shows yeah. that it's not futurology. <laughs> but that, that's, that synth sound is, is is quite cool. And I like that it's about Bowie. Like there's all these little things that like tied us over. So in the next track, that thing for me is the drums on Broken Algorithms. Like that is something just about interest, interesting that stands out of the song and the rest of the song just sort of fades into the background by comparison. Um, should we should we move on to Broken Algorithms? Okay, this song's not about Bowie. It is. It is. drums man the toms in the chorus <laughs> are <laughs> mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is very glam rock it's very glam yeah, it is. And I mean, this is generation terrorists. terrorists yeah yeah and bits of like rush and glam and much and, yeah, and yeah. much like generation terrorists it's too long it's too long yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it should be one minute and 56 seconds long <laughs> exactly one minute and 56 seconds it should be a one minute and 56 seconds like Throw it out there. I feel like most albums have one of these songs where I just go, "This needs to be a little cheeky," and instead they make it a full, like, full four-minute song, and it's just unnecessary. Mm, yeah, I can't yeah, say this song it. does that much for me. Yeah, uh, it I'm... took me without the lyrics. It took me for fucking ever to work out what he's saying in the chorus. Well, even well, it's Generation Terrors. What Turn, the... turns out his spelling just spelling it. broken. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the uh, from what I remember from the lyrics, they they just seem to be very vaguely political and not really saying a lot. Specifically, um, or am I wrong? I think they're actually quite specifically about oh. data collection and being traced and having no control over tech companies, which is something. Imagine that, writing a song about that, which Nikki has like been obsessed with for like the last ten years. Um, 
yeah, the, the the fractured version of our days that plague our wisdom somehow made. Uh, as you caress the beauty of your screens, remember their mission to own your dreams. Hashtag deep. That's that probably probably means something. <laughs> it means right? it means everyone's on their bloody phones. If nowadays. you ask me, Apple. Actually, I, but I think it's more specifically about the companies, isn't it? Because then the next lyric is to avoid tax and order your life to sell you a future you may not desire. Amazon. Yeah, Apple. <laughs> Google. If if this was generation terrorists. There would be a section where they specifically <laughs> yes. say the names, yeah, much like Barclay, Nat West Barclays Midland. Yeah. Like they're doing yeah, Amazon, this... duh, 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 Samsung, duh, 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 Apple, duh, 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 Google, duh, duh, duh. and that would be the name of the song. <laughs> um, hey man, you know, big rocky sort of song. Um, I don't think it sounds like rocky at all. I, actually, I think we established that <laughs> the Manics are very rocky. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, this one's not. Well, on our bonus episode that no one listened rocky. to, Rocky around the yeah, pocket. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about? Everyone listens to that. Sure. That is actually our highest. Uh, our There's most our highest to episode. Yeah, 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 highest sure. By miles. Mm. Holy Bible Part Two, and then that's number two, and then number one is Rocky around the floppy. Mm. Yep, absolutely spot on. And obviously, haven't got much like, more like, to say about like the ROK. Family's yeah. number zero because it's got infinite listens. Yeah. <laughs> 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 haven't got much more to say about BROK yes, and algorithms same, same sounds like a song that they just did many years ago yeah and if you said to me if you said to me like they whipped out an old demo from the olden days and decided to like re-record it I'd be like yep yep yep, yep. you'd be like yep yep I'd be like yep you'd be like um, yep. yep this next one reminds me of uh, Bowie as well actually this next song reminds me of an Arcade Fire song because it directly rips it off. Yep. Cool. Said. It's, really distract- it's really distracting to me. Like, I just—it's exactly the same riff. Uh, uh, it is the same chords, 
the riff is nowhere near the same. What? Do, 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 do. Can't take my eyes right. off you. Yeah, and then they completely diverge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because that, that one, bit is so similar enough that it winds me up. <laughs> this one does that horrible worm has entered the song. Um Yes, I think this... Yeah, you're right. I can hear the similarity between this and Everything Now by Arcade Fire, for sure. And Arcade Fire came out first, right? 2017, maybe? Yeah, so yeah. they win. They do win, but but I think they that do they, are, win. they are both aping the same band. So... Uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to play anything because they're, they're not aping a specific song, but they're aping the style of a band. And I know that the Manics were going for this one. And as soon as Everything Now came out, I remember thinking, this sounds like blank um and then th- th- later on in the day my girlfriend went have you heard that new uh arcade fire song and i went yeah what uh, what do you think of it she went it sounds like blank so i can't be i'm not the only person who's thought it um so they were aiming for on this song this is not what i'm talking about on this song apparently they were aiming for race for the prize by flaming lips um which i can hear i can hear in the drums for sure um but they wanted flaming lips meets and this is the band that I think uh, Arcade Fire were aping. ABBA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can definitely hear it. not what I was it. expecting you to say. Especially on that Arcade Fire song. Sounds very much like an ABBA production. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The piano sound they use on the Arcade Fire song, especially. This sounds less like ABBA than the Arcade Fire song, I think. But the two songs sound very similar. The big soaring guitar followed by that awkward little scale. I can't work out if I think that's good or not. I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you guys pick up the references to other songs in the chorus? No. Do tell. Oh, there was there was a bit where they went. I design for. No. A bit where they go. Mamma mia. Yeah, there's that bit. There's both of those bits, but those are the verses. Yeah. I'm specifically talking about the chorus. <laughs> no, go on. Oh, oh. So the lyrics no, in the chorus are like islands in the stream that get washed away. So there's islands, islands in, in the, the stream. stream. Yeah. There you go. One more time. In the ghetto, you say. Uh, in the ghetto, right? I've convinced myself that I have walked the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. So there's oh, like... by Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. There's lots. Of... Have you heard the fucking new Johnny Greenwood um, classical piece, Horror Vacui? No. Holy mother. Uh, good so, or bad? So good. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, yeah, I, I like this song more than I like In Eternity, but uh, you know, I like stubbing my big toe more than I like In Eternity, I think. <laughs> uh, I just, just can't sort get of... past the weird worm that comes in. <laughs> yeah. The weird it's... worm? Yeah, it's a worm. <laughs> the only reason I call it that. The only reason I call it that is because Gareth, our friend Gareth, had a song called The Worm, which was a horrible <laughs> That's scale. So he had a horrible scale that he played on guitar. It was <laughs> oh disgusting. <my> um, <laughs> did you notice that this track is uh, 420, though, guys? <laughs> blaze it. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> blaze it. Spark one up. Um, Have a it's fine. It's, it's a late album. Leaves. Uh, it doesn't feel connected to anything in any way, much like a lot of the album. It does actually. It sounds connected to um, everything now by Arcade Fire. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> but it's not. That's not on this album, uh, or is it? Nope. Let me Good have track. a look. Oh, gone. 
No, there's no arcade nope. fire songs on this album. Not this, not this one. Song for the sadness. Um. <laughs> I'll tell you where there is some arcade fire yeah. songs on. Uh, Neon yeah. Bible. Yeah, the arcade fire album. Yeah, yeah. loads yeah. of arcade fire. Loads almost of them. exclusively arcade fire. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of their albums are almost uh, exclusively arcade fire songs. Actually, apart from Reflector, which is mostly Talking Heads songs. I am um, <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> album in general quite an upbeat album for the manics actually so i mean it's it's either rock or quite like joyous sort of songs yeah it ends on a real sad note yeah but as far as nicky songs go yeah i'd say it's one of his more upbeat one of his more you know manicsy i'd say this is more on brand for a manic song for a nicky song than other ones waiting for been. the end of time waiting to be left I behind i don't care about the lyrics I mean it... i'm talking about the general feel of the song also he uses the word conquistador I, <laughs> in a song. highlighted that in several different colors <laughs> yeah. fair play for getting conquistador into a song nine inch nails have a song with the word conquistador in I oh, do you know what, Steve? Um, i cannot think of any reasons why you're still on this podcast <laughs> it's all my um one fan. <laughs> Hi, mum. Do you do, um, do you not like Nine Inch Nails, Adam? Oh, I love Nine Inch Nails. Who doesn't like Nine Inch Nails? Adam just wanted to put me down, though, because that was the bit. Yeah, oh, I see. Sure. Just wanted to put you down. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this isn't as sad as his other vocal at the end of an album, William's Last but Words. No, but, but, but it feels sad in comparison to the rest of the album. It's about, yeah. like, waiting to become extinct and being left behind. You know, about, yeah. it's about the end of the band, isn't it? Oh, yeah. and, may, and if this ends up being their last album yeah. that would have been the even last though we know they're recording right now yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're anything will come of it does they it might, yeah they might they, they might, might burn it, it yeah. and then kill each yeah. other yeah <laughs> this is mainly this is mainly Nicky and Sean oh cool uh, James had very little to do with this song other than when the guitar needed to be added uh, <laughs> at which point Nicky said can you play guitar more like Graham Coxon please uh, so that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, Nicky's voice has definitely improved over the years, hasn't yeah. it? Is, yeah, you know, for sure. Like, good. on a purely technical level, he sounds a lot better than he used to. I mean, this is, what, this is 17 years after his vocal debut on an album. So, yeah, he, ha- he has he has improved uh, uh, a lot. Yeah. I think What's he's... his first one? What's Phil Blues? 
Yeah, I think so. God, and Mr. Disco Dancer. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Good song. Unfortunately, it's just like it's like it's a run of forgettable tracks, and in the end, it just kind of ends on a bit of a. For me, like as as pleasant as his voice is on this, it's just a bit of a sludge of a song. I quite I like that piano sound. James has said this is the best sounding song on the album, which is a, an interesting sort of idea of where his head it's interesting is that he can be wrong about his own album. I think that uh, well, artists very rarely have you know uh, informed opinions about their own work. You know? <laughs> um, th- this is a band that hate Lifeblood, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> do they hate Lifeblood or are they just aware of the general consensus no they they about do not Lifeblood? they as far as i'm aware they do not like Lifeblood. well if we ever manage to get them on <laughs> then i'm just going to spend the whole time telling them oh out. there's going to be some heavy lobbying for a Lifeblood uh reissue if we uh <laughs> if we ever do manage to chat to any yeah. of them that brings the album to uh a close um that's the last one done that is the last one uh, thoughts, scores, favourite tracks, least favourite tracks. I'll go first. I don't know why I said it. Now, last like time that. you said you were going to go first, you started and then trailed off. We and had then to I intervene. Had to, <laughs> I had to then do my bit. My favourite Let- tracks are Dylan and Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. That's really surprising. And sequels to Forgotten Wars. That is genuinely surprising. It's genuinely yeah, surprising that International Blue is not up there for you. Uh, I wanted to, and then I didn't. <laughs> Because ah, I chose another song. That's, that's fascinating. That's, yeah, that's a fascinating. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and um, so, and also, in, yeah, yeah. But in general, Steve, the album. What, what, what are your <laughs> my general thoughts? thoughts. Um, so, how do I vocalise this? This this album was what I expected most of the albums after Send Away the Tigers to sound like. And right. I completely get what you mean. And yeah, I'm glad I, no, you do yeah, because I have no idea how to, else to word that apart from it. It's by the numbers. It's, it's quite by, it's, yeah. Uh, more by the numbers than some of their other work. Although it's it's got some, it's got enough mm. interesting things in it to keep me relatively interested. But yeah, again, same. I was totally spoilt with Futurology, with just madness. Um, but it really just did not did not do anything for me. Really, like I I, I like Dylan and Caitlin. I love sequels to Forgotten Wars. I've just said my favorite tracks. They're not anywhere near my favorite Manix tracks whatsoever. Unfortunately. No, I just, they I just, are. I'm, I'm, oh, they are. The Dylan, Dylan, and Caitlin is your favourite manager. Oh, I'm wrong, and I'm quite sad about that. I'm sad that I didn't really love this one because I've been so surprised the whole way um, that this is one. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm expecting that the next track comes on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's enough there's mm. bits, weird time signatures and stuff which I enjoyed, but um, yeah. You love a weird time signature, don't no, you? No, I do. I don't know why I said no like that. Um, least favourite tracks. <laughs> Oh yeah, go on. This is again. I, I just had to pick from a bunch of ones like largely kind of arbitrary. Was yeah, it, yeah, a song for sadness. People give in. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what's, what are you giving it then? Five out of ten. Interesting. I thought it's going to be. I thought it was going to be lower than that. Fair well, enough. What so, other albums are Steve given a five just for to to give me some? Oh, Christ. Do you uh, not just have the list? No, your enemy was times? a five. Um. But like postcard was my lowest. For, so for Steve, a four. for Steve, five is very low. Steve, yeah, five is very yeah. Low. So postcards, very postcards Steve scores a... high and thinks everything's great. Postcards was a four, and I found this more interesting than postcards. Yeah, fair enough. So it's All five. Right, then, yeah. There you go. Fine. So wrong. Yeah. Good shit. Uh, Lucas, do you want to go? Uh, yeah. Um, I kind of just agree with Steve. Like, what? yeah, like this is kind of just what I 
what I imagined they could have done after Send Away the Tigers and been very boring. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't because the podcast would have been boring. But this I mean, is it's pretty le- boring this, anyway. This, this <laughs> is the least excited I've been to talk about an album apart from probably Plague Lovers because I, oh, yeah. okay. because I had nothing to say about it because I hated it so much. We, we're yeah. aware, but like, yeah. But, th- but this one, I just, just have... just It's like the stuff that you get grumpy at me when i have nothing to say about songs <laughs> i was like oh no i'm going into this episode and i haven't got enough to say because i genuinely am just like most of it's kind of all right at best yeah. and it's fine and it's all right and it's yeah fine it's fine it's fine like cool. i can lump it it's as a fine another it's like postcards mark two to me yeah, I think it's I also preferred fine. postcards. I think I preferred post. I responded quite well with postcards actually, mm. compared to you two, especially. Yeah. Um, I were my favourite ones are probably International Blue and Distant Colours. Mm. Uh, front loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- bottom. I don't know. Liverpool revisited, based on the fact that I've got one line of notes because <laughs> I just nothinged it. Uh whatever <laughs> i'm gonna say hold me like a heaven to annoy adam cool <laughs> i don't actually think that probably like i don't know song for sadness because i nothing it apart from the fact that it's a rip off of arcade fire sure so what and score wise then score you... wise have you got your phone up in front of you to look at the scores because you know i'm going to ask you what i've given other albums well i was more going to just type in your score but yeah uh, okay but okay um what's the uh, ignoring plague lovers what's the lowest i've given an album uh four which was numerous name of couple uh okay uh generation terrorists the holy bible know your enemy send away the tigers were all fours now it's a three right okay Okay. because it's because i preferred tigers i'm surprised tigers got four maybe we should relitigate this because did you say tigers are all fours because tigers are on all all fours because they run around on all fours. Lucas really liked that. <laughs> That's, That's really the most good. I've ever heard him laugh on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of... I, it's just yeah. such a fucking stupid joke. <laughs> uh, I think I, I broadly... Uh, Thanks, uh, Steve. Broadly Sorry, agree is that it's it's fine um i i'm doing that that, that lucas-esque thing where like i feel s- international blue and hold me like a heaven are obviously my two favorites and they're also two of my favorites in the second half of their career so i feel bad yeah <laughs> for giving bad a for lower score it, yeah. to the album because my babies are on this album <laughs> um don't feel bad for your babies so you uh, kill your baby's oh. friends without killing the babies that are your babies that sounds problematic (laughs) my my least favorite tracks are probably uh in eternity and liverpool revisited i think um and i'm gonna give it a five Mm. what else have you given a five um generation terrorists hmm so just bang it's funny average. That I said it's f- I said it's fine and I gave it a three. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. really know what that means. It's fine. Air- it's fine airing on bad though for me. And also bear in mind I've got a, I've got a seven point scale, haven't I? So three's sure. different for me. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's a bit of a mixed bag. I think there's like three really great songs on there, and then some fine songs. Um, 
Yeah. If we're including fun. together strong, come on, Wales, though. <laughs> oh, ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah you <laughs> just you just stick together stronger at the come end. On. Yeah, come you were on, saying Left Behind's a bit of a bum note to end the album on. Stick together stronger stick at the end of the together. album. Just put it on the end of all the Manix albums. We we know oh. that they like going back and playing around with track lists. Every album on the next reissue round, put together stronger at the end. And I nice. think, yeah, really great. You want to guess what 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 the album charted at? Sixty nine. <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah. Four twenty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, number two. Did oh, it? Um, that's yeah. Lo- lots of positive. Lots of positive reviews. They are a bit of a critical darling these days. Possibly because there is no other band that really does exactly what they do anymore. Have they almost gone full circle now, where they sort of fell out of fashion, and so now they're almost okay to to be liked again they're because cult- they're not in yeah. fashion anymore. They're a cult band again. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's, it's almost like you say it's like a six music thing where now they're not played on Radio One. They're not they're big a, enough to be. They're a bit but now cool. Radio Six Music can be like, yeah, that they're cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. They're retro, man. They're cool retro. Um, Okay, so they tour the album in the UK for two weeks, starting the day after the release. It's a full arena tour again. They are actually genuinely, although they are a cult band, Lucas, they're back to being an arena band. They played Wembley. How big arenas? Wembley Arena? Wembley so Arena. They don't the, get quite to 2 You know, the Brighton Centre, um, you know, arenas. Uh, Hold Me Like a Heaven is released as a single on May the 4th. People <coughs> Give In is released as a single on July 27th. Um, in June 2018, Nicky very sadly loses his mother to leukaemia. Um, I mentioned that because something else is going to happen to Nikki's family and I'm wondering how that's going to inform the future of the band um, in June of uh, 2018 they support Guns N' Roses on their European stadium tour with their good friend Duff yeah uh, they no continue way. with festivals including the Meltdown Festival curated by Robert Smith and they sub to the Killers on the, at the Isle of Wight Festival and they have kind of found their groove at this point you know they're a cult band <laughs> They, they support... found their groove yeah. 29 years into their career. Yeah, but there was like, you know, what kind of band do we want to be like halfway through their career? And, you know, they were big enough to play at a stadium, but then they decided to blow up their career. And then they went down to guild halls again and they do the odd arena tour. But right now they seem to have found like a place where they support huge acts at stadiums. They've supported Paul McCartney and Guns N' Roses. Um, and they play, they play fairly prominent slots at big festivals or they headline smaller festivals like why not and kendall calling or beautiful days festival if if you've if you've ever said what's that festival the manics have probably headlined it <laughs> apart from victorious festival where they're not headlining they did they did headline it um in 2017 i think so in 2019 they tore this is my truth tell me yours for its 21st anniversary. <laughs> what a weird. It can, leave, I know. it can drink in America now. It needed a you, you, outing. You've got to get that tour in, man. You've yeah. got to get that legacy tour in. Uh, you know, that tour is smaller than the Everything Must Go on. It's academies and it's guild halls and it's Cardiff Castle. I saw them in Southampton Guild Hall doing This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. And they also support Bon Jovi on his stadium <laughs> tour in the UK. So you went to the This Is My Truth tour, but not the Everything Must Go tour. Yeah, they were uh, tickets were given to me for Christmas. Um they then take. It's basically saying you wouldn't have gone if you'd had to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they then take "This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours" to Japan because that's where the rugby is. <laughs> um, in August 2019, again, sadly, Nikki also loses his father. Um, both parents in the space of just over a year 
very sad and I'm wondering how that's going to I know that Nikki Nikki missed gigs because of this and it hit him very hard and I'm wondering how that informs the new material um, in 2020 they were lined up to support Green Day on their stadium tour in Europe and the Killers uh, on their stadium tour around the UK they were due to headline a few festivals and it was all cancelled because this year is a write-off Although James Dean Bradfield did release a solo album called Even in Exile, which was a concept album about the life and murder of Chilean revolutionary Victor Hara, which we will cover next year at some point. They are currently recording with Dave Eringer. They are prepping the next release. What do you guys think that they're going to do? It's mad that we've caught up. It's mad that we're up it's to date. So I know. You're talking about you're talking about how the coronavirus has affected their like gigs, and I'm like, oh what? No, we're not God. talking about present day. We're still talking about the '90s and John Major. <laughs> well, it's always John you're Major. obsessed with yeah. John Major. It's always bloody John Major with you. <laughs> Fucking John. Um, Major. I really, really hope they're gonna re- just release something really weird. I don't know. Oh, I really want. I mean, it. a metal album. Fuck it. <laughs> Do a metal album. The ma- I have no idea is the answer. It could be fucking. I mean, that's anything. the thing. That's the thing I love about the Manics is that. Do you know what? When U two announced that they're bringing out a new album at mm. this point in U 2s career, I pretty much know what that is going to sound like. Um, I've got no idea what they what what the Manics are going to do next. Yeah, there's not been enough of a trend in any kind yeah. of direction. Yeah. Because you could say, well, this one's a bit of a maybe they've run out of ideas because it's a bit meh, meh you know is the next one about that but then they there's yes yet to really be a trend the closest thing you could get to a trend was uh everything must go and this is my truth being like vaguely similar yeah and even and then, then they immediately go off the deep similar, end off and then immediately go off the deep end after that anyway yeah, yeah. So or like not or, a trend postcards <laughs> being sort of a bit there and then, like they did the the double album. No, but the... postcards was was good though. Okay, sure, Steve. But you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but it was like, definitely like numbers. a big, yeah, a big singles sort of yeah. album. And, and then, then they, they went rewind, away and did yeah. something weird. Yeah. Do do you, do both of you? So this versus postcards, Steve. You prefer this to postcards, yeah. Adam? Yes, I prefer this to postcards. Because obviously they're both sort of coming from the same sort of place, which is trying to be single bait and a bit more yeah. mainstream and. I would prefer to hear the death rattle of my only child than postcards from a young man. Jesus Christ. Oh my Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, who knows what they're going to do. At this point, we... (laughs) Such a dark statement. (laughs) At this point, we thought uh, we don't want our final thoughts episode to just be lists and numbers. So we're going to do our top tens of the second half of their career now so because otherwise is... our final thoughts episode would, would have th- th- six sets of top tens and album yeah. rankings yeah. yeah exactly and probably some relitigation of scores yeah well. absolutely um so we should probably so... go through these you know not like analyzing each one no because... i'll play clips <laughs> well, no, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna play the clips and listen I'll, right. I'll play clips of songs that we are like not all yeah. familiar with you know okay. if you can't remember exactly what song we're talking which i imagine will happen as in the first one i'm going to mention yeah okay as in yeah, sure. as in any time either of you put one from plague lovers on i'm gonna go play it i don't remember. yeah that. i don't remember what that is um mine i'm pretty sure you'll know all of mine <laughs> so uh you know who who do we want to to start with what order we do it in last time i don't know mate why would i know that i don't fucking know you edit it you probably spent like hours listening to it shall i go that's true 
Yeah, yeah go on, Steve. Steve. There you go. Yeah, Steve go nominated himself. Steve Lucas Allen. So this there is the second half of their career. So we're talking... From 10 to 1. After Lifeblood. So it's Lifeblood traces onwards. onwards. Yeah. 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 Well, no. no. Well, okay. What? In theory, yes, lipstick traces is included Ooh. because we did it after yeah. our, um, our 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 last top tens. But lipstick traces actually comes before Lifeblood. Oh, okay. Did you include something from lipstick yep. traces? We will accept entries from lipstick traces. Okay, number ten, donkeys. Oh, from uh, lipstick traces. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> now, of course, the interesting thing about including that in a top ten of the second half of Came their career the is that, that, soul that, that song is from 1993. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, that's almost you almost can't we almost can't accept oh, that. Can no! we? Can we though? <laughs> but the first time Steve heard it would have been on lips. It's the second half yeah. of our trawl through then. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, you wouldn't have had a chance to put it on the first half of their career because we, you wouldn't have heard it. Shall we hear a bit of Donkeys? I have no recollection of this song. <laughs> I remember this bass line. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. There yeah, we go. We know. Do, we know. We know. We know. It's just, just JDB's vocal. Nah, nah. You know, only yeah. in tune. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good yeah. song. Okay. Number, Number nine. Daughter of the River. Oh. Mm. Please name where they come from. When Sorry, Steve. Uh, that was from. Yeah, you can't include that. Can't I, include I had that Daughter on my last oh, top no! ten. <laughs> I had that on my last top ten, didn't I? Because it's so from bad. that album. So first, so so you got a top eight because your first two were invalid. <laughs> oh first one, no! First one's from the last period we did. Right. Well, so when <laughs> I when I did my first half top ten, I wasn't including the Forever Delayed album. All right. Okay. So that we yeah. were talking about right, because so we, it was eight. on that album. All right. Okay. Okay. God, okay. This is even worse I mean, than the Donkey I mean, issue. I mean, let's uh, let's 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 just just for argument's sake, Steve. What would have been number eleven? Well, I can't remember. Because Steve then we can just know. say, like, then we can just nah. say, like, that's really number 10. Uh, no. And... no. This All is right. my second okay. half. Right. This is an absolute abomination. Okay. So we've got, we've, we're doing our top 10s from 2004 to 2018. The first two of Steve's are from 2002 and 1993. Okay. Fine. <laughs> okay. Number eight. Yeah. Suicide Alley. <laughs> from? From? Fuck off. <laughs> no, it's uh, Show Me the Wonder. Oh, Good. what a classic song. Good. Let's hear a little bit of it. It's a banger. Can you name the albums, please, so I can yeah. engage my brain to what so, album they're due from? Steve's joke was Suicide Alley is the first single they ever released. Oh. I imagine this appears on yours as well, Lucas. No spoilies. Yeah, show me the wonder. Good song. Yeah, yeah, great song. Yeah. And now, Steve, show me uh, number <laughs> seven on your good, yeah. playlist. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Glasnost from Life Blood. Oh, you really responded to that song. Do yeah. we need to hear a bit of Glasnost? I think or do we I all need. Know? To I just want to hear a bit. All right. but that's fine. I, mean, I think I do need to hear it. Oh yes, 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 yes. I remember it. Ah yes. Ah yes. 
Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Here we go. Oh, hairs, yeah, that is. Hairs on the back of my neck. Oh. That is nice. Lovely stuff. Oh, this uh, when, song is... when did time start accelerating? Stop it. Such Stop Steve it. That song. Absolute Steve <laughs> Bate, isn't it? <laughs> and I Steve baited all over the place. <laughs> oh, no. Number six. Yeah. Autumn song. Fight me. Uh, we don't have to play Autumn song. Everybody knows Autumn song. <laughs> Everybody knows Autumn song. Uh, number six. Okay, cool. That's very high. Is it? Is that the highest from Send Away the Tigers without any spoilers? I mean, he's going to get to it in like yeah, I know, minutes. I know, you can yeah. probably just let him get to it. Yeah, um, all right. Then, all right yeah, then. Yeah. Number, yeah, five. number five. Your love alone is not enough. Oh, he got straight to it. He got right to it. How does that one go? That's very high. That's very high. (laughs) (laughs) Again, yeah, we don't need to hit... That is a testament to Send Away the Tigers, actually. Those are the first two clips that we haven't played because I think everybody knows Autumn Song and Your Love Alone is Not Enough, right? Yeah. Now, remember, yeah, yeah, it seems very high, but if you think about... There's so much in the first half of the career that... It's high. When you say high, do you mean high as in high as in a high number is in not good what well, good you know what i mean what? or do when you say high what's the highest I mean, that like, can be on this hello. rank one one, one is, is the, the highest, highest yeah. not 10 yeah fine okay, okay. i just wanted to because because a minute ago adam you said autumn song seems high mm. yeah but do you, i do you mean uh, that to mean oh do you mean that to mean you think it would be closer to one no or you, you're surprised that it's well. You've got to remember seven. that Autumn Song is one of my least favorite man. Yeah, yeah, songs, but you so. know that Steve liked it. The fact that yeah, he's in yeah, any yeah. kind of top ten is high for Adam. I really Mac. just said something sort of casual so like, yeah. so to like kind of golf, move the conversation so like in, so along. So in golf, but, in golf, getting yeah. an eighteen is a high score. Okay, because it's because it because low is better. Number four, it can't be a high score if low is better. Well then. You saying picked yourself up in the well, then saying well, then saying that a song being mm. ranked good on this is high is also wrong. Because mm. high. If this is how much we're going to waffle in my top ten, fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. All right. Steve, four. What four. was number five? What was five? Your love alone is not enough. Four peeled apples. Oh yeah, baby! Definitely going to need to hear that one. Riff Central. How's Adam got these queued up so quickly? To werewolf or something. Probably types it in. Yeah, I'm just typing it into the search. Oh, okay. Peeled Apples. Peeled Apples. The first Riffs. track off General Plague Lovers. Yeah. Riff. Absolute Riff Central. Riffs. Big chorus. So, number three. Europa. Oh, Get what toys, a Mish. bloody tune. Just because we can. A rare. Just want that first line. Yeah. Hang on. There we go. Problem number two. This okay, joke ooh. sport severed. I knew that was gonna. I knew that was gonna be a uh, uh, high. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, Lucas, you'll need a reminder. 
it picks up later in the song, doesn't it? It gets got the string. Yeah, big big strings on this one. Probably one of the ones I like rated. It was, yeah, the album, yeah. I imagine. Beautiful song. Lovely. Really like that song. Lovely. I wonder what number one is, guys. Well, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because I actually... Oh, no, I do know. I do know. Yeah, totally yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's Imperial on, Body what is, what is it? It's... Um, I need some reminder. I'm going to play this song every time it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously Dreaming a City. Listen. Listen to it. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. <sighs> we'll just wait for this to kick in. Hang yeah, on. it's just... This episode's long enough. We might as well play the whole thing. Dip it, dip it, dip it, dip it. All right, it's yeah. Nuts, man. I love that Good shit. Good shit. Hey, that's cool. We're gonna. I'm gonna put all of these up on uh, uh, Spotify. Maybe if I can be bothered. Um, yeah, there's my. Uh, there's, there's, my inco- oh, gonna- there's my incorrect top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awful. <laughs> are you gonna be, Are you gonna do an edited version, which is correct? Yeah, probably not. Um, so, uh, shall I go next, or Lucas? Would you like to go next? I flip a coin, mate. Uh, okay, hang on. Bear with me a second. <clears throat> Oh, he's actually getting a coin. Uh, Who has coins? Call it. And... Heads. It is heads. So I'm next. Yes. All right. Oh, Steve, you got any honourable mentions? We did honourable mentions last time. Uh, uh, I I don't, just yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. No. Oh, okay. I won't mention my honourable mentions. I will though. do for my big, you know, my final top ten, but not for this one. Fine. Uh, s- number ten, from Postcards from a Young Man, Ooh. It's Not War, Just the End of Love. Oh, do we need to featuring, hear that? Featuring yeah. a friend of the podcast. Uh, the track doesn't feature. Backing vocals. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Our first entry from Postcards from a Young Man so far. It's just a fun song. It's good. Classic. Like I said, I'm. And we know how I'm much the, you love Motown as well. Sometimes I'm the normie. Who, sometimes I'm the normie who likes the one for you songs. Well, these are the. This is an example, right? Yeah, here. yeah, for sure. It's also good that this is the second half of their career, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, good that, it's, it's good that it's good that I actually did it properly. Yeah. One one thing there. that I do like about that song is it's from the time period we're covering. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, number nine. Number nine from Send Away the Tigers. <gasps> Autumn song. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows Autumn song. Everybody knows it. Everybody there is knows song. no need to play it. And when you sing number, that Autumn song, number eight, number eight. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Good little yeah, Simpson. Uh, from Futurology, Europa <laughs> get Durchmisch. Yeah. Cool song. I played it like you know three minutes ago. So. <laughs> I need. I need to hear it again. I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, Number seven, seven from Send Away the Tigers again <gasps> is Your Love Alone Is Not Enough. Yeah. Wow, very high, very Mate, high. It's fucking banging. Yeah. Big I agree single. with you. I completely it's agree a with big you. Banger. Completely agree. I with feel you. like in the second half of their career, less of minor weird cuts and more. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, they mm. know their way around a pop song. Well, yeah. Number six is Show Me the Wonder. Yeah. Oh yes, what a pop song from Rewind the film. <laughs> 
um, so far, a, so far a good, so far a good spread of albums. Mm. I'm glad you're like patting ch- yourself on the back for your own top ten. Yeah, now it's about to, it's about, it's about to change though. Uh, number five from Lifeblood. Oh yeah, uh, 1985. Uh, uh, let's have a little listen to 1985 yeah. because we can. Can we? <laughs> yeah, we can. Okay. We have so far, I suppose. Uh, we're not going to play long clips of these for the top ten, which is a shame because the chorus is fucking yeah. great. Yeah. But just to remind people of what 1985 sounds like, yeah, that's the song. Good. Uh, number four from Lifeblood. Oh, funny. Empty Souls. Oh. oh. oh yeah, boy. Uh, gonna oh, edit yeah. out that noise that I made. <laughs> Oh, I should have played New Year's Day again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great song of a great album. What what a great album. I can't I don't think I can go into it too much, but I'm listening to that album a lot at the moment. Um yeah, well like I said last week, it's the only it's the one I keep going back to. Yeah. Um, number three from Lifeblood. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> the love of Richard Nixon. Oh okay. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 This song has got yeah. Lucas written all over it's it. It's got me written all over it. Um, this is going to be the first dance at my wedding. No, it's oh, I, like, I really. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. I'm convincing this. Hannah we're going to do our first dance. To the to love, love of Richard Nixon. Nixon. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put on the mask. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Both of you. Heavy, heavy showing for the first half of Lifeblood in your top ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, number in your two, top five, yeah. Number two from Lifeblood. Futurology. Oh, from Futurology. <laughs> Dreaming a city. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Now I know we just heard it, but yeah. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Okay. Um, I feel like I feel like when we when you edit this together, you should put the full song in. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> what What would that make your number one? Because I w- I would have thought Dreaming of City was yeah. going to be number one. Can I have? Can Can I guess? Um, is it, is it from Lifeblood? It's Lifeblood. Is it I Live to Fall Asleep? It's I Live to Fall Asleep. Yes. Uh, I've accidentally typed I Love to Fall Asleep. Which is true. (laughs) I mean, also true. (laughs) Oh, Lucas, this is such a good song. So Lifeblood heavy, but I'm not surprised. Um, So good. The first half of Lifeblood represented in its entirety. Oh no, a song for departure is not on. <laughs> Almost. Is <laughs> <laughs> that <at> number eleven? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just want to play so much of this song. Yeah. Oh, I want to listen to Lifeblood again. Such a lovely song. Oh, such a lovely yeah. song. First half of the album is just so bloody good. And, and then the second the whole... half is not bad either. The, the, no, it's not bad. But yeah. if the whole album had been. 
the quality of the first half, mine got... <laughs> it would have been... We could be looking at a 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> uh, honourable mentions. Um, you joked about uh, the one that I didn't yeah. mention. A song for departure. It was on the honourable mentions list. Yeah, sure. Of course, of course it was. Uh, Miss Tokyo Skyline was on there. Yeah. Nothing uh, from postcards from, lovers. Postcards from a young man from Postcards from a young man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, nothing from no. Yeah, so nothing every, from every album, every album is reflected there, apart from Plague Love. Oh, and the most recent one. That's interesting. Did. I have every album reflected except one as well. Hmm. Is it uh, wait, no. Do I? How many? Did you include lipstick traces though, Adam? <laughs> no. How many? Or delayed. How many? <laughs> yeah, I didn't include the Holy Bible either on this That's one. Weird. I'm really uh, looking forward to doing my. I, have, I haven't done my full top ten yet, and I'm really looking forward to it because. It's going to be really good. Yeah. There's been seven albums, right? And I've only got six on here. What am I missing? Postcards. Oh, no. That, no, there is there is, there is, is an album that I have nothing in my top ten for. Uh, see if you can guess along the way. Postcards. Okay, so Postcards in, in at number ten, uh, Golden Platitudes from Postcards from a Young Man. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be sent away the Tigers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it, though? Or is it Lifeblood? Oh, this song, man. It's so good. Oh, hang on. This is the one with the... Colonize yeah, the moon. it is. It is. Yes, lovely song. Um, number nine from Rewind the Film, This Sullen Welsh Heart. Ah, oh, lovely. We're keeping in these bits where we're talking over the songs, right? Yeah, for sure. There's yeah, people yeah. people don't need to like if you want to hear a clip of <laughs> yeah. of this song, a minute and long clip. And keep this clip, in. I mean, keep yeah. this discussion in as well. And if you want to hear a minute long clip of this song without us talking <laughs> over it, go listen to our episode. And if you want to hear the song, listen to the song. Yeah. Uh nice yeah. song, good song. Um very surprised. Number... Actually, none of the ones that I Think about it, none of those sort of twee songs made Steve's top ten, which actually is, I've just realised, is surprising. Yeah, I know. Well, They're very Steve. Those big, you know, anthems are irresistible. But um, maybe they would have if he'd, cut, if he'd got rid of the two that he shouldn't have put on, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, that means number, yes. number eight, uh, A Song for Departure. Yeah, boy. It's nice that the, the, the one song I missed off the first half of Life We're Blood still gets, representing. Gets yeah, yeah. And I'm representing yeah. Glasnost as well. So we between the two heavy, of us. Heavy Lifeblood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just the bass. That bass, man. And his voice on this song is just... Guys, should we just do another Lifeblood yeah, episode? Yeah, let's do another <laughs> Lifeblood episode. I'll tell you what, if we ever manage to get a manic on... In our quest to convince them that Lifeblood's great, we'll do a. We won't do a general interview with them. We'll yeah. just go through Lifeblood just again, track by track, convincing on them why yeah. their work is great. <laughs> so that was number what? Uh, so, th- so that was number eight. This is number seven. Uh, peeled apples. Yeah. Because uh, just riff fantastic. Yeah. Um, I also have very fond memories of that being my first mm. uh, introduction to Jennifer Plague Lovers. Um, number six is Black Square. From Futurology. Oh, okay. Wow. It's, this has a long intro, so I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
good song. Not my favourite on the album. It's got the Airborne Tosk events synth sounds. Love it. Mad bastards. Uh, (laughs) Number five after that is... International Blue. An undeniable banger. Hot badger. Anyway, we've literally just talked about it, so no need to uh, go on about that one. Uh, Number four, this joke sport severed. Yeah. Steve and I I repping the same songs from Journal for Plague Lovers. Genuinely already forgotten what it sounds like. I'm going to play it again for Lucas. I'll play a different bit of it for you, Lucas. It's got the string bit. Yeah. I think they're coming up. Yeah, I think so. Shivers, shivers, shivers. Oh, so graceful and yeah, beautiful song. Uh, number three, uh, I, is this something that has uh, appeared on uh, all of our top tens? Uh, Europa get der Schmisch. Oh, we got we both number three with that one. Mm. Oh, let's kiss. So should we kiss? Occurred. Yeah, I think we should we kiss. Should kiss? Um, number two uh, for me, I live to fall asleep. Ah, oh, yes. Just yes. a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, so does anyone want to guess my number one? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, Hold Me Like a Heaven. (laughs) Yeah, where's Dreaming a City? Sounds nothing like Dreaming a City. What is this? It's it. (laughs) (laughs) Dreaming a City, probably, probably number 11. Like it's, it's so close to making the cut. Nice. I'm just going to leave this somewhere. Anyway, I can tell you spoilers ahead in advance. My overall top ten doesn't include Donkeys or Door to the River, so don't worry. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, right. Okay. Wait, hang, but but, but it that's could. fine. That because was it, that's no, fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, the overall top ten is the whole. <laughs> See, <laughs> fuck that up as well. Steve, is your overall top ten just from the last five years? No, yeah, <laughs> you got it really wrong again. My, my overall top ten is from the band uh, Blue. <laughs> Guys, we must shut up. Please. Because we have a very special guest coming on the podcast. Oh, here we go. Uh, I need to invite him into the Zoom, but we will have Sean Moore here in uh, a couple of minutes. Yeah. Oh, he's he's never he's never made us wait, so yeah, oh. fair dues. Um oh. I've got an email from him. Bits, bits, bits. The the subject line says uh podcast. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he says that's, that's how that tends to go these days. He says, Hi guys, sorry to do this again. Uh, but I will never come on your stupid shit podcast. I've listened to a couple of episodes and it's absolute joyless wank. Uh, I hope that no one ever listens to this podcast ever again and you'll certainly never get me on the show. Signed, Sean Moore. And he's he's just signed it as yeah. his normal name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the end of the saga. So that's... Fucking <laughs> It is joyless wank, isn't it? <laughs> it is joyless wank. Yeah. That is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, on that note, uh, it's time for us to... <laughs> it's time for us to go. Uh, that was... That's 13 albums done. That's all guys. the albums, we've got, man. We've got B-sides, music videos, and then that's it. Then, yeah. Is that really it? Because we've got B-sides. I mean, we've got to interview Dan Caress because we haven't actually done that yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally B-sides, music videos, and final thoughts. Is that it? That is it. That is Mad it. Shit. it all Mad shit. comes 
to an end. Um, thank you so I'm much for now. listening, everybody uh, that listened. Thank you, Lucas and Steve, for you know obviously all your hard work as usual and joining the the Zoom chat. Well done for successfully joining the Zoom chat. I guess is what yeah, I'm thanking thanks. you for. Me, me and Steve, well me and Steve <laughs> do put in a lot of hard work for this thanks, podcast. And I think it's about time we got. Our, I had to search our, for yeah, the passcode to get on. Which took about thirty <laughs> seconds. It was annoying. So yeah, that's all right, man. You're welcome. To, I had to listen to the albums. I had to write, you know, some notes. Yes. If you're listening out there and you would like to talk to us, um, you can by going onto Twitter and going to at Manix Podcast. We're on Instagram as well at Manix Podcast. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which I think is facebook.com forward slash Manix Podcast. There's also other ways that you can support us. I mean, you're supporting us by listening, and we are forever and eternally grateful for that. There's a couple of other ways if you wanted to contribute to sort of running costs and equipment uh, updates and stuff like that. You know, the more listeners we have, the bigger we become, the more expensive it gets to keep running the podcast. Um, we have some really shit, awful, <laughs> stupid merch, apart from one design, which is actually quite good. Which one is that? Um, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, and you can you can get that on anything you like, T-shirts or you know, face masks or shower curtains for some reason, clocks. Um, and that's at do you love us dot redbubble dot com. If that's a bit too pricey, because it fucking is, um, there is a way that you can donate just a couple of quid to us if you go to uh coffee.com, that's K O hyphen F I dot com slash do you love us. You can just chuck us a couple of quid. Uh all um of our uh, donations are very gratefully received thank you so much for everybody who's bought merch or donated so far um the only also thing why yeah also why <laughs> uh, <laughs> that means that the only thing that there is left to possibly say for one of the very final times is uh we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll bye sean moore join us one What is the future of the future? When memory.